Well, good day and welcome to TigerCast coverage of the 2010 University Interscholastic League 5A Baseball State Finals game between your Carroll Tigers and the Klein Bearcats. The original broadcast was carried on KCCT AM 1150 in Corpus Christi by the Texas Sports Radio Network, presented by Ed Hicks Nissan. The pregame show was sponsored by the law offices of Edward D. Bonilla, and I was joined in the booth by the highly dedicated and professional Mark Kusenberger. I hope you can listen past the technical difficulties and enjoy this exciting presentation. We join the pregame show already in progress. Welcome back to the pregame show. This is Mark Kusenberger, and I'm joined by back for a little bit on that game last night against Fort Ben Clemens. Just another night at the ballpark, eh, Coach? Yeah, well, we've been in that situation before a few times, but definitely wasn't just another night in the ballpark. They, that was a good ball club, and they were very gritty, and they gave us a lot of fits at the plate, and, you know, their hitters were really disciplined, and we had to throw a lot of strikes, and Mark probably walked more than he has all year because of their discipline at the plate. But, yeah, we came back late, and kind of did things we've done that, that's kind of been the character of our team all year long so we'll just keep trying to do that and as long as we got one more at the end of the day than they do we're, we're pretty happy. Hinojosa has been doing amazing things for this team all season long and he, he dug even deeper into the bag of tricks last night tell us about his um, what he meant to that bottom of the seven. Yeah well he comes up and gets that double that was big and you know sometimes big players step up in big situations and, and Adam's a big time player and, and he you know he produced when the, when the heat was on so we were real excited about Adam coming up and doing that, but you know he's been doing that. If you followed us the last three or four weeks, he's been doing that every week. So, you know it's nothing new to us, but it's always exciting when when we can do something like that. You also got a response when they intentionally walk two guys, and the guy who um, firms up his jaw and takes it as an insult takes it personally and takes it out on the baseball. Yeah, well, you know they I I knew they would walk Mark. I wasn't sure about Doom. I mean uh, Cruz, uh, but I'm sure they saw our game last week and saw that Cruz got the game-winning hit. So. When they walked them both, you know, it put a real a lot of pressure on their pitcher, and he had to throw strikes early in the count, and and he didn't, and he got behind in the count, and we knew what was coming, and we knew he was going to throw a fastball, and O'Shea's got a lot of power, and he he ran into one last night and got the job done for us. Tell us what you've been able to find out about Klein. I'm sure you saw their game yesterday, and um, it kind of goes without saying they must be pretty good because it's Saturday in June and they're playing baseball. Yeah, there's no doubt. We watched them yesterday, and. You know, they, both teams had an opportunity to win yesterday, and, and Klein found a way to do it. And, you know, there's something to be said about winning. And, you know, they're, they're, they're uh, what, 33-7 and seven now. They, they've got a pretty good record themselves, and they played in a tough region. So, you know, it's just going to come down to who executes and who pitches and who throws strikes and who doesn't give up free outs. And, and you know, we think you know they've got a chance. But, obviously, we're facing a quality opponent today. Coach Hager, thank you very much for joining us. Good luck today. Thank you very much. That was head coach Lee Yeager of the Carroll Tigers. They'll be taking on the Klein Bearcats for the 5A state championship. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan, Carroll Tiger Baseball. Welcome back to the Dell Diamond. I'm joined by head coach Barry Smith of the Klein Bearcats. Well, coach, a team has to overcome adversity in order to get to a state championship game. Last not Yesterday, a three-run uh, lead goes away, but the Bearcats come back with a victory. Tell us about that seventh inning. Well, I was proud of how the kids, you know, battled back. Uh, you know, we got a break at a play at second base where a guy made a big turn then had to scramble back in, and I felt like that was key to keeping the inning going. And, uh, you know, we just found a way to get it done. I was proud of my guy at the very end, just shortening it up, putting the ball in play, getting that winning run across the plate. But coach, it looks like you have a pretty deep pitching staff. I'm able to find out you've been able to uh, 
work almost like a major league manager in terms of using your pitchers. That certainly was a factor yesterday. I know you want Michael Smith West to go as long as you know, a full seven and get a victory, but it must feel pretty good to know that you have those extra arms in case they're needed. Yeah, you, you know, it does feel good. And, and you know, uh, we've, we've been able to use several different kids in the playoffs, so it's not like uh, we're throwing someone out there who hadn't thrown since the regular season. So I feel very comfortable that uh, – you know, we have several arms that we could throw out there today if we need them. Tell us what you've been able to find out about the Carroll Tigers. I know it's a challenge to um, research teams this time of year, but um, yeah, I know that you've pulled out all the stops to find out what you can about them. Well, to be honest, I didn't find out a whole lot. I was able to watch the game yesterday, and I saw a team that was uh, a very competitive team, a team that won't go away. That was a tremendous comeback by them, you know, coming back uh, two runs down and, and win the ball game. So. I know they have a lot of fight. I know they're a very talented group. Well, they, they dress out real nice. They look pretty out there on the field. So uh, I know they're very athletic, and uh, you've got to be good to get here. Well, Coach, your team has taken home the trophy before. Um, tell us what you look for and what, you, what you've done all season and today to get this team ready to win a state championship. Well, we're just going to try to do what we've done all year, and that's just have a, you know good at-bats at the plate, try to throw the ball over the plate when we're pitching, and when they hit it, try to you know play catch, get the outs, and uh, that's kind of been our formula. There's nothing fancy about it; just uh, play the game like it should be played. It's all just baseball, right? That is correct. Coach Smith, thank you very much for joining us. Good luck today. Thank you very much. That was head coach Barry Smith of the Klein Bearcast. I'll be taking on the Carroll Tigers for the state championship here at the Dell Diamond. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan Carroll Tiger Baseball. Now let's take a look at those starting lineups for your Carroll Tigers. Your starting lineups today are brought to you by Stripes Convenience Stores. The Tigers lineup starts out with... Second baseman, number 11, Adam Inahosa, class of 2010. Up next is... Shortstop, number 6, Trey Rodriguez, class of 2012. In the three-hole, it's... Center field, 14, Mark Blackmore, class of 2010. Batting cleanup for the Tigers... Third base, number nine, Josh Cruz, class of 2012. At fifth. First baseman, number seven, O'Shea Dooms, class of 2012. Up next is. Pitcher, number 10, Courtney Hawkins, class of 2012. In the seven hole. Left field, number two, Jason Franco, class of 2012. Batting eighth. Right field, a 15, Chris Connell, class of 2012. And rounding out the order is. Designated hitter, number eight, Malcolm Spada, class of 2011. The Tigers' DH is hitting for... Catcher, number 12, Joseph Gonzalez, class of 2011. And that's going to do it for the pregame show, your pregame show before the state championship in Baseball 5A, brought to you by the law offices of Edward D. Bonilla. We'll be right back for the national anthem and the first pitch. Hello again, and once again, welcome to the Dell Diamond. And let's get you the Klein lineup in the field as sponsored by Stripes Convenience Stores. And, Ralph, thanks for arranging that tr great intro to the starting lineups. I almost felt like I was on Monday Night Football for a minute there. It was a lot of fun. The kids really enjoyed it. In the field for the Klein Bearcats, the first baseman is Eric Fisher. At second base is Aaron Smith. The third baseman is Evan Rudder. At shortstop is Reese Jeffries. The left fielder is Rob Tayson. 
In center field is Ryan Van Marder. The right fielder is Hank Morgan. Catching is Mitchell Now, and the pitcher is Michael West. West last pitched against Klein Collins, giving up just one run. Unclear from the report whether he pitched the complete game, but given that Klein Collins, a district rival of Klein High, got just five hits, it's easy to presume that Michael West, the 5'11", 190-pound senior, did in fact go the distance for the Bearcats. The teams have not taken the field yet, so we'll take a moment to set the stage here. Over at the Dell Diamond, in the left field power alley is 375. 400 is straightaway center. The deepest parts of the park are about 40 feet to either side of dead center. Left of the um, center field mark is 405, and right of the center field mark is 407. And the right field power alley is 375. The corners are obscured from our view. It looks like they're about 350. And traditionally, the Dell seems to play as a pretty fair park. It doesn't really favor either the pitcher's or the catchers, at least at the minor league level. And of course, if you're used to playing in a high school band box or perhaps in, at cabinets with the wind blowing out, then some home run power may be sacrificed along the way. The catchers are shaking hands. Nice little gesture there. The Bearcats are wearing their home white uniforms with royal blue letters and numbers, royal blue and gold trim, royal blue caps, and the Tigers are wearing their... Aqua blue, baby blue, you can call that several different things. I lean toward aqua blue myself, jerseys with white pants, navy letters and numbers with white trim, and navy helmets. Have a lot of ceremony going on, Ralph, and the Carroll Tigers have overcome a lot of adversity to get here, no more so than last night. It's well documented that this, this is a young team, only two seniors. Um, do you think that uh, Lee Yeager had to play the old Susan Croft song, We May Never Pass This Way Again, to establish that, yeah, you're young, but you can't take for granted that you're going to come back here a whole time, make the most of this opportunity? Well, I think uh, Coach Yeager is going to have that mentality throughout. They came here to win it, and with regard to the sophomore talent, there is no guarantee because while there's only two senior starters on the team, there are five other seniors that are not starters, and it, just because you played on this team last year does not guarantee a spot in the rotation. Coach Yeager is all about the hard work. The team uh, has a very strong work ethic, and that's, uh, that's what got them here in part, and that's what's going to bring them back next year if the Tigers are going to contend. Carroll Tigers are champions of 27-5A, a top-heavy district perhaps, so it's very competitive at the top. In fact, uh, they, this is the second time they have won the uh, district championship. This is their fifth appearance here at the state tournament. They appeared in 62, 72, 89, and 93. In uh, 62, they lost in the semis and the consolation game. 72, they lost in the semis. In 89, they lost the championship to Fort Bend Dulles 4-1 and lost the 5A semis in 93. Of interest in the 1989 team, two of the coaches uh, for the Tigers this year actually played on that team, Mike Leal and Carlos Maldonado. The Klein Bearcats are making their fourth appearance in the state tournament. Their first was in 83. They won it all in 98, and Barry Smith, their current coach, was the head coach for that team. The next time they made it was in 2001. Interesting because they were the third-place team out of 15-5A and managed to get all the way through the bracket to the state tournament where they lost in the semifinals to Midland, the eventual state champion. 
And that was another instance where Klein got to a rematch against a district rival as they met Klein Oak in the third round and defeated them two games out of three. In fact, uh, of interest there, another playoff note, Coach Barry Smith, he's an institution at, uh, at Klein. He's been a coach there for thir- 23 years, 13 as the head coach. And here at the state tournament, he was a winning pitcher back in 1982 for El Campo High School in the championship game, and he won that game. I believe he won both games in the tournament, so he's made a point that that's a record that will never be broken. I don't have details whether he threw a pair of complete games and his arm had to be attached immediately afterwards (laughs) or whether he came on at the end like Mark Blackmar did for Game 3 of the Anderson series. I have a hunch it was the latter. Oh, no doubt, and no doubt there. Uh, Klein comes into this game uh, 32-6 and overall, 9-1 and through the brackets. They have scored uh, an average of 7.2 runs per game, allowing three for their opponents. The Tigers have a slight edge there, offensively scoring nine, uh, 7.9 runs per game and allowing two and two, but numbers mean very little at this point. This is all about playing for a state championship. A lot of it is about what you know, and that worked in favor of O'Shea Dooms last night as perhaps... The head coach at Fort Ben Clemens didn't realize that there really isn't a significant drop-off between Josh Cruz and O'Shea Dooms. Mark Blackmar is pretty widely known by now, so he's not going to sneak up on anybody. Looks like Adam Hinojosa, one of the heroes of last night's game, is going to get ready to step in. Yeah, Hinojosa hits a leadoff single that uh, threatened to score, but his big results came in the seventh where he drove in two runs on a double that tied the ball game in the top part of the seventh. Hinojosa, four for his last nine. He takes a 434 batting average into this ballgame. Four homers, 14 doubles, two triples, 39 runs batted, and 48 scored. The first pitch from Mike West is on the outside part of the plate for strike one, and we are underway. Um, The wind has just picked up, which we're delighted with here in the booth, and I'm sure more so the folks on the field. West delivers once again, and that is just low for ball one to Hinojosa. 24 walks and 19 strikeouts for Hinojosa to go with the 59 base hits. The 1-1 from West is high and inside and Hinojosa has to duck. Two balls, one strike to the Carroll Tiger second baseman. Good job getting out of the way on that one. Weather-wise, it's cloudy here as we head to a high in the low 90s. The 2-1 is fouled away to the right side. That evens the count at 2-2. Of note of the foul ball lines here, there's not a lot of foul ball uh, room or room to play a foul ball along the first and third base line. Uh, Maybe uh, 30 yards past the bags on both sides. Ball goes out of play there. It's going to stay out of play. And here's the 2-2, tipped and fouled back. So Hinojosa stays alive at the plate, and the count remains two balls and two strikes. Mike West was the starting quarterback for the foot, football team last fall, a big reason being that Clayton Crum, the starting pitcher for last night's game, had to go Tommy John surgery, otherwise Crum would have been the quarterback. Crum had the unenviable choice of your season, season, year of, senior year of football or your senior year of baseball. He chose baseball. And Hinojosa did well to get any kind of medal on that one as he fouls it off. That nearly got past him, but Hinojosa smelled a strike, fouls it off, and stays alive in the count. What's also interesting about Crum, uh, the 5-0 pitcher record, he only started playing games three weeks ago as he finished rehab from that elbow reconstructive surgery. I believe he came back in mid-March but only got into the starting rotation. That's a swing and a miss. The ball bobbled by the catcher now, and the throw to first is in plenty of time. Inahosa a little confused for a moment. He thought he was already out, and only late did he see the signal from the home plate umpire that 
the ball was still in play. And that gave now a little extra time. I have a hunch Hinojosa's out no matter what. That brings up Trey Rodriguez batting 367. He's 0 for 4 in the tournament. Two homers, nine doubles, two triples for the season. And he looks at a pitch high for ball one. 27 runs batted in for Rodriguez, 49 scored. 22 walks, hit by three pitches, 32 strikeouts. And another pitch from West. That's high and inside, 2-0 the count. And... Here's where Rodriguez can get more selective. Rodriguez was two for eight in the Churchill series last week with an RBI and a walk. Two strikeouts as well. On deck, of course, is Mark Blackmar. And the Klein Bearcats know who he is. That's fouled back. Two balls in one strike. That's a couple of pitches it looks like Carroll hitters have had trouble catching up to as West is bringing the heat. Yeah, in fact, the intentional walk last night, as you mentioned, was probably a walk by reputation because he was only one for three for that game. West pitch is fouled away, and the count goes to two and two. Interesting that we've had a couple of counts here where Carroll Tigers can be aggressive at the plate, and they're doing well just to get around on Michael West. West doing a great job showing early control. Here's the 2-2. Swing and a miss at high heat, and Rodriguez is out on strikes already. The second strikeout for Mike West, and that'll bring up Mark Blackmar. And you can be sure that Lee Yeager shed a few tears when he crossed the stage. Fourth-year starter for the Tigers, a 475 hitter with seven homers, 13 doubles, five triples, 50 runs batted in. How's that for a number? 49 runs scored. That's pretty good, too. The pitch from West is inside, and dodging is Blackmore, and he's ahead in the count, 1-0. You're not going to see much in the way of Ted Williams' defenses in the tournament as that pitch is low, 2-0 to Blackmore, and you have a hard time getting away with 2-0 against hitters like Hinojosa and Rodriguez, never mind Blackmore. The 2-0. That is grounded to the third baseman. Rudder's throw beats Blackmar by four steps, and that retires the side in the top of the first. Three up, three down for the Tigers. We go to the bottom of the first. Carroll zero and Klein coming to bat. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan Carroll Tigers Baseball on KCCT 1150 AM. Welcome back. Mark Kusenberger, Brian Judkins, Mark Earl at the boards for this one. Bobby Stotzenberger is on assignment. The Klein starting lineup, the second baseman is Aaron Smith. He will lead off. Batting second is Rob Tayson, the left fielder. The catcher, Mitchell, now hits third, and the cleanup hitter is first baseman Eric Fisher. Batting fifth is third baseman Evan Rudder. Eric Lancaster is the designated hitter, batting sixth. The number seven hitter is right fielder Hank Morgan. Reese Jeffries is playing shortstop and hitting eighth. The number nine hitter is center fielder Ryan Van Marder. It's an American League lineup for Klein as they DH for the pitcher, Mike West. Continuing with the Stripes Convenience Store's starting lineups in the field for the Carroll Tigers. The first baseman is O'Shea Dooms. The second base is Adam Hinojosa. The third baseman is Josh Cruz. And the shortstop, Trey Rodriguez. Left to right field, Jason Franco, Mark Blackmar, and Chris Cano. The catcher is Joseph Gonzalez. And Courtney Hawkins is the pitcher. And, Ralph, I believe he has some numbers on young Mr. Hawkins. Absolutely. Hawkins comes into this game 9-2 with a 2.31 ERA through 72 and two-thirds innings pitch. 
Even though Blackmar may be the star pitcher on this team, Hawkins actually leads him in strikeouts. Blackmar finished last with 109, nine strikeouts last night. Hawkins comes into this game with 111. 30 walks, which is a pretty respectable number, maybe a little high, but that's nitpicking where Hawkins is concerned as he delivers high for ball one to the lefty hitting Aaron Smith. Smith, a coach's son, his older brother Adam, uh, apart from writing the Wealth of Nations, is playing for Texas A&M. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Ralph, you caught that reference. Yes. I'm worried about you as that pitch is strike one. Aaron Smith, even in the count. Aaron Smith, a coach of Barry Smith, who's also an old ag. And, of course, Carroll has supplied some players to the Texas A&M program as Hawkins delivers in the dirt just in front of the left-handed batter's box at does not hit Smith, so he stays at the plate, and he'll look for a 2-1 pitch. The home plate umpire dusts off home plate. Well, Hawkins' last outing, uh, it went reasonably well up until the point he inadvertently jammed his thumb on his uh, left hand, and that uh, brought in Josh Avila. Avila's first batter face bunted back to him. He ended up falling down, and a thrower to first sparked a series of two errors that led to two runs and uh, gave Churchill a two-run lead in the regional final game. Hawkins did return to the play right field in the seventh inning to allow Cano to pitch, and Cano ended up being the winner in game two of the Churchill series. Hawkins takes, delivers high, pardon me, and Smith is now ahead in the count. Three balls and one strike. A sophomore on the hill with a state championship on the line. Tigers needing to reverse the trend here. I'll talk later. And that is at the knees for strike two. The count goes full. Yeah, one thing that's pretty standard with the Tigers is that Adam Hinojosa stations himself one step into the outfield grass, such as his range. Well, the thing the Tigers need to stop doing is allowing leadoffs to get on board. The 3-2 is fouled the opposite way, dodged by Barry Smith. Yeah, in fact, last night there was only one inning, or two innings, rather, out of the seven uh, that uh, the... Uh, Opposition didn't get the leadoff on, and Tigers really could stand to reverse that trend here. Smith, an even stance. His back foot is on the edge of the chalk. And that is strike three looking on the inside part of the plate. Nice fastball from Hawkins, and that is one away in the bottom of the first. Yeah, if the sophomore brings the heat, that bodes well for the Tigers through the rest of this game. Okay, I'm not sure if... Um, Okay, it looks more like Hawkins was shaking something off there with his pitching arm. It almost looked like he was waving bye-bye to the hitter, which, uh. which certain baseball players could take exception to from the opposing dugout. We have another lefty coming to the plate, Rob Tayson, the left fielder. And he takes on the outside corner for strike two. Oh, my goodness. If Hawkins can deliver that pitch to that spot, then he is going to be very, very tough in this ballgame. We have Taysen for home, four homers, as reported by the Houston Chronicle, which um, is incomplete, shall we say, in his coverage of Klein. And we won't, we won't get into that. That's a, 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 that's, a, that's a fact of the newspaper industry, and we don't mean to disparage the Chronicle. We're grateful for the information they did have. We can say that Taysen was the winning pitcher against Plano West last night, closing out that game on the hill. He hits a fly ball to center field, going back and unable to catch up with it is Blackmar. It's all the way to the wall. In at second is Taysen with a one-out double. That was a great hit by Taysen, a 381 hitter. And this sets up uh, 
the catcher coming up, Mitchell Town, number 22. Now. I'm sorry, now. Yeah, that's right. Now spelled N-A-U, so we presume it rhymes with Rao as in Doug Rao, the pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Is that before your time, Ralph? Yes. Okay, that would be the great division teams in the division champions in the mid to late 70s that Rao participated with. And I believe he pitched in San Antonio on his way up. Hawkins delivers high to now. I was living in New England at the time. I was more of a fan of the Red Sox. Uh, I could have waited until after the broadcast to hear that. <laughs> a runner at second. A train on the way. Here's the 1-0 from Hawkins. At the knees, outside part of the plate, strike one. Now Hawkins needs to deliver like this train going by the stadium. Now three for four last night with a two-run double. That against Plano West. Swing and a foul back. One ball, two strikes. Good situation for Hawkins. He doesn't have to give in to the number three hitter of a state finalist. Klein, interesting in that they failed to make the playoffs last year, even though the current ace of the TCU staff was still playing for Klein at the time. And that is way inside. 2-2 the count, as long as that doesn't hit the batter, there can be a strategic element to that, trying to loosen now up a bit. Yeah, as you mentioned, Klein entered last season with plenty of hype. A lot of high rankings, and a pitcher became a first-round draft pick. Uh, this year, Bearcats entered the season with no ranking, no such hype, and no big name, and here they are playing for the state championship. Ah, baseball. The 2-2 from Hawkins is a swing and a foul back, and may have caught his fingers there. He shook, shook off his hand after fouling that one off. Looked like it was high and inside, but now having to protect the plate with two strikes. He did well to stay alive in the count, and the count is now two balls and two strikes. A runner at second, one away, bottom of the first. Scoreless between Corpus Christi Carroll and Klein High. That's a grounder deep in the hole to second base. Anahosa will make the throw to first. That retires now on the play. Taysen does go to third base. And Ralph, you've seen Carroll throughout the playoffs. I imagine coaches all through Region 4 have been massively frustrated seeing balls like that, that against normal second baseman or base hits. And as deep as Inahosa can play, they're easy outs. He does a great job uh, ruining hits for opposing batters. I've seen him backhand a couple balls that, uh, is just, oh, that's going to be a hit to, to, to right center field. And he goes back there and grabs it with his speed and makes the play. Another lefty at the plate. That's Eric Fisher, who takes strike one on the outside part. Fisher, two for two last night with a run batted in and a walk. And he's one of several key arms available to Klein. And it'd probably be good news for Carroll if he came to the mound because that would mean they knocked around west a bit. That's one thing Klein definitely brings is a, a series of pitchers with all with good records. Just outside, 1-1 one, one the count. Taysen now at third base, but two away. Hawkins' pitch is low, and oh. the count goes to 2-1. and one. Yeah, it looked like it was over the outside corner, but just low. Hawkins' no decision in game two of the Churchill series. So 
Suffered the only playoff loss for Carroll in game two of the Anderson series, and he delivers outside. Three balls, one strike the count. Evan Rudder is on deck. That's the five-hole hitter as opposed to the cleanup hitter for Collins. So Hawkins may be pitching around Fisher a little bit. That is a one-hopper to the shortstop. Hard smash, but handled by Rodriguez. The throw is offline, and the run scores. I'm not sure if that's going to go down as a throwing error against Trey Rodriguez. He had time to make the play, caught it, and made sure of it, but just the throw wasn't right to O'Shea Dooms on first. It is an error, an unearned run scored as it looked once Trey handled the baseball as though he had the play, but it was a high throw. Dooms leaped for it. Not sure that was entirely necessary, but Doom sure thought so. And now Rudder is at the plate. The pitch is outside. It gets away, and going to second base easily will be Fisher. Well, this is not how the Tigers wanted to start out the ball game by giving up a run early on, on an error, and now the ball getting away from Joe Gonzalez, another runner in scoring position with just two away. At the same time, it was 3-1 after six innings last night. Maybe Curl has Klein right where they want him. Here's the 1-0 from Hawkins, and that is high to Rudder. And the count is 2-0. I didn't see what the scorer said. I'm going to judge that that was a passed ball that allowed Fisher to second base. So he's in scoring position for the Klein third baseman. He checks his swing. Did he go around? Yes, that is strike two, the appeal to the first base umpire. And major league compliment, of course, here at the state tournament. Actually, the count would be... Two and one. Yeah, there's the first strike on him, unfortunately. I did say two and one, I believe. And that is at the knees for strike two. Two balls, two strikes, two out. A runner at second, one run across. Klein has a 1-0 lead looking for more. The wind now blowing right to left field. The 2-2 outside, and that gets away from Gonzalez as well. The count is full, and now Fisher is at third base. That was far enough outside that I will tentatively score that a wild pitch. Trying to keep an eye on the scoreboard to see if they'll let us know what the scorers think on that one. The I count. De- yeah, definitely agree it was a wild pitch. It was, it was too far outside. And now Klein again as a runner on third with two outs. And given the two pitches that have gotten away from Gonzalez, Hawkins extra careful. That's a grounder up the middle. Rodriguez fields this one. The throw to first is in time. Good stretch by Dooms, and that retires the side. But Klein gets a run on one hit, one error, and one left. We go to the second. Klein 1, Carroll 0. You're listening to Ed Hicks, Nissan, Carroll Tiger Baseball on KCT, pardon me, KCCT, 11.50 a.m. The Alamo Baseball and Softball Academy, Corpus Christi's number one instructional center, is proud to congratulate our Carroll High School Alamo Academy lesson members for their success and achievements this year. The Alamo Baseball and Softball Academy's all-new indoor facility features private one-on-one instruction with the highest caliber instructors. Visit thealamocity.com to sign up for your youth or high school players' free lesson trial and our summer youth camps and high school boot camps. Register today, thealamoacademy.com. Carroll will send the middle third of the order against Mike West, who needed just 15 pitches to get through that first inning. Adam Hinojosa able to work the count, fouling off a couple of 2-2 pitches, but West caught up on the projection. 
You like to have 14, 15 pitches per inning from your pitcher, and Klein has that, and that's especially important on a very warm day like today as Josh Cruz looks at ball one. Cruz, a 391 hitter, hits a fly ball down the right field line. That will carry into the stands and land in about the seventh row and even the count at one and one. Cruz, three homers, nine doubles, 39 runs batted in, 26 runs scored, seven walks, hit by three pitches, 23 strikeouts. And that pitch misses to send the count to two balls and one strike. Working on the crowd sound here, getting some engineering tips from afar. Here's the 2-1 inside. A suspenseful pause by the home plate umpire before making it clear that it is, in fact, a 3-1 count to the Carroll third baseman. Open stance deep in the box for Cruz. The pitch from West is a grounder deep in the hole. Could the shortstop backed up, and Jeffries will not throw it. It's an infield single for Josh Cruz. The leadoff man is aboard, and the go-ahead run is at the plate in the form of O'Shea Dooms. And Dooms, the hero of last night's contest, as uh, they walked the two batters in front of him just to get to him, and he pays him back by parking it in single for the walk-off single to win the game last night. Dooms, a sophomore, 375 hitter. Six homers, 17 doubles, 39 runs batted in, including last night's game winner. 40 runs scored, and that pitch misses for ball one. Cruz, just one for two stealing bases, so not a particular threat here. Short lead by Cruz, and Dooms hits a grounder, slow roller to the third baseman, and it gets past him. It's a fair ball. Everybody's safe. Tough play for Rudder as he was charging, but he had a moment of indecision. He didn't have a play at second, and by the time he realized he needed to go to the first, the baseball was right on top of him, and he boots it. I'm sure that'll be an error. It is. Well, the Tiger crowd uh, outnumbering the Klein crowd by something like 6-1 to one, is really enjoying this. Packed over on the visitor's side, first base side, here at the Dell Diamond. So the tying run is in scoring position for Courtney Hawkins. Proverbially has a chance to help himself. West, a glance is second, and he delivers strike one on the outside black to Hawkins. And when you're Michael West, you can do stuff like that. Hawkins, a 391 hitter, four homers, including one last night. Ten doubles, five triples, 27 runs batted in, 25 runs scored. West pitch is a fly ball to shallow right field. Coming on for it is Morgan. He will make the catch for the first out. The wind made trouble for that one, but Morgan manages to recover, and we have one away. About a 20-mile-an-hour gust blowing out to left field here at game time. Push that ball. But, uh, great adjustment by Morgan on the play. And unfortunately, because it wasn't deep enough, could not advance the runners for a sacrifice. Carroll was in a situation where a pair of productive outs could have tied the ball game, but now one away for Franco. A glance to second by West. Here's the pitch high for ball one to the Carroll left fielder. Well, uncharacteristic of both teams that we have errors up, one error each. 
in the basically the second uh, second inning. That's easy for us to say. We're in the booth and they're playing a state championship game. Two and zero now the count as the pitch misses to Franco. Franco a three fifty nine hitter with a homer, nine doubles, two triples, ten walks, hit by five pitches, thirty strikeouts. 13 stolen bases, so it'll be hard to double him up to end the top of the inning. And he takes inside for ball three. Three and oh the count. Just about every hitter in Carroll's lineup is somebody you could give the light to on three and oh. We'll see what Lee Yeager does here. West pitch is inside for ball four. That loads him up. Tiger fans liking this situation. Tigers trailing 1-0 in the contest. Golden opportunity with two outs. Next time it's going to come to Chris Cano. Cano, a 318 hitter. Pretty nice luxury when you can put a nine-hole hitter. Or put a 318 hitter in the eight-hole. Seven doubles, four triples, 23 runs batted in, 34 runs scored. A productive out ties the game. That's fouled back for strike one. Well, this is a great outing so far for the Tigers playing against ranked number one on Baseball America's poll, Klein Bearcats. They're making West work a little bit. His pitch count hasn't really gotten outrageous for this inning. A double play would kind of spare him in that regard. That's high. One ball, one strike to Cano. Cano one for three last night with a run scored. Also the winning pitcher in game two of the Churchill series last Saturday. The 1-1 is a grounder to the shortstop. Throw to second for one. Throw to first is offline. Yes! The game is tied. No error because you can't assume the double play. But Fisher had to go off the bag to get the baseball. It'll be an RBI fielder's choice grounder for Cano, and it's 1-1. Well, that's huge for the Tigers that they're able to answer right away after going down 1-2-3. In the bottom, or rather the top of the first inning, to come back here and manufacture, well, basically a run on a run on one hit, a walk, and an error. The error means that the run is unearned. Coaches will tell you mistakes will be the difference in a game like this. Malcolm Cepeda, the nine-hole hitter, bats with runners at first and third. And one out, stepping off is West. He does have an advantage now. He's not going to be getting multiple signs from his catcher with a run, no runner at second base. Cepeda, one for one with a walk and a second last him. night, hit by the pitch. And that loads him up once again. This may bring a visit, early visit here by the Klein pitching coach. Especially with last night's hero coming to the plate, Adam Hinojosa. The Tigers have sent six batters to the plate already this inning. 1-1 the score. Two away, but the base is loaded. And Hinojosa, who struck out swinging in the first, will get a second look at Mike West. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss at high heat for strike one. Yeah, Hinojosa, one of the two senior starters, as I mentioned earlier, would like to show leadership here and put some more runs on the board for the Tigers early. That'll change the dynamics for both the hitting and the pitching of Klein. One run, one hit, one error for each squad. The pitch from West, swing and a miss, more high heat. And that's strike two. West, 
Looks like he's given up on this namby-pamby idea of pitching. He's just rearing back and firing the baseball. Oh, no doubt West is now challenging the Tigers. Going to have to to get out of this one. Bases loaded, two away, one already across. We're tied at one in the top of the second. The pitch from West, outside. One ball, two strikes. Now didn't set up that far outside, but it's not a surprise that West would deliver a pitch there. He's not going to give in on an 0-2 count, give Hinojosa something the least bit attractive to swing at. Here's the 1-2, and that's a fly ball down the right field line. Morgan going back for it, and he will make the catch to retire the side. But Carroll gets a run on one hit, one error, and three left on base. We go to the bottom of the second. Carroll one and Klein one. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan, Carroll Tigers baseball on KCCT, 1150 a.m. Caller Times is a proud supporter of South Texas High School Athletics. They have three reporters and two photographers here to cover all the state tournament action this week. Caller Times is keeping you covered 24-7 in print and online. On the go, get the play-by-play for the state tournament and all your local sports on Twitter at Caller Live and Twitter at Caller Sports. Just another way of keeping you in touch through the Caller Times network and Ralph I get to see a lot of newspapers around the state getting ready for jobs like this, and nobody but nobody covers high school baseball. In fact, you could probably put two or three newspapers together and they don't cover high school sports the way the Caller Times does. The neat part about that is you've got the online features with Twitter and otherwise. Eric Lancaster, another lefty in this Klein lineup. The DH takes strike one from Hawkins, now a 1-1 ball game in the bottom of the second. Here's a pitch from Hawkins. That's a fly ball to left center field. That could be trouble, and that will one hop to the wall past Jason Franco. In at second base is Lancaster with a double. Second double of the ball game for the Klein Bearcats. That brings up Hank Morgan, the right fielder, who's already been busy in the outfield. Pitch number 30 coming up for Hawkins. He's already had to work pretty hard in this heat. And now he has the go-ahead run at second base with nobody out. Hawkins' pitch is fouled the opposite way. Strike one. Morgan came into the tournament with a 323 batting average. A couple of homers this year, including one against Klein Collins back on March 30th. And you sense that that's probably at an easier home run park than the Dell Diamond. As he looks at ball one, one and one the count. Morgan, another homer against Spring Westfield on April the 1st, and he had the game-winning RBI last night against Plano West. Hawkins a look to second. Here's the 1-1 one, one. outside. Two balls, one strike. Hawkins actually averages just under 119 pitches per game, but... Uh... It helps to keep the number of pitches low in order to keep the heat high. Hawkins steps off and looks the runner Lancaster back to second base. And pitch counts often have to be truncated quite a bit in a game of this magnitude. Maybe you don't mind Hawkins throwing 120, but you may have to keep an eye on him. That's a fly ball to left field. That one's going to stay up for Franco, and he'll make the catch. Lancaster was already stepping on the bag when Franco caught the baseball. No chance of a tag up there. One away. That's a pretty big out. 
Another situation where a pair of productive outs could have scored a run, but the runner holds on the fly ball. That brings up Reese Jeffries. There must be some mistake. Klein is sending two right-handed hitters to the plate in a row. Jeffries, 6'2", 165-pound sophomore. Those are no numbers that Barry Smith likes a lot. Hawkins will look to second. Here's the pitch. That's a grounder. Hawkins will field it. Holds the runner very nicely. And the throw to first makes out number two. Very well done by Hawkins. A good pitch to get that slow roller. And a very patient job of holding Lancaster. That was key, showing great signs of maturity by the young sophomore. Looking for great things out of Hawkins coming in next year. With Hawkins' experience, he may be the rare instance of an old sophomore. Hawkins, a veteran of the football team already. Randy Van, pardon me, Ryan Van Marder is at the plate. Randy Van Warmer was a one-hit wonder from the 70s. Look it up. Ball one to Van Marder. Have to take your word for it on that one. Another before, before Brian's time. Van Marder had a home run earlier in the playoffs against Stony Point on March the 15th. Hawkins looks the runner back once more. Mark Husenberger, Ralph Judkins. Mixing up all sorts of names here in the booth. Here's a 1-0. At the belt, strike one to Van Marder. Van Marder, two for three last night with a run scored. 6-2, 200 pounds. Nice size on these Klein players, which lots of coaches like to start with. That's a pop-up behind the plate, and Gonzalez drops the ball for an error. Well, Joe Gonzalez had that one bounced off his glove and off his shoulder, had a chance for a circus catch, but Junior not able to find that one. There's a myth going around press boxes throughout the state that an error is only scored on that play if Van Marder should reach. That's not the case, and the folks here at the Dell Diamond know this. We've had action in the Klein bullpen, and so we have a couple of players running along the left field fence because the bullpens are behind the outfield fences here at the Dell Diamond. So a definite professional atmosphere. Although even the pros, a lot of them have the bullpens along the sides, but they have some great seats available along the foul lines here at the Dell Diamond. It, it bears repeating that this is a fabulous venue for baseball. One ball, two strikes, two away. Lancaster led off with a double, but he's still at second. The one-two pitch is a check swing foul over the backstop, and the count remains one and two. Chance for a souvenir here in the luxury box is over to our right. Do they get to keep them today? <laughs> Usually at the state tournament they do, but in earlier rounds, the baseballs must be returned. We had that in Alice, even though there was a promotion sign still up suggesting that fans could keep the foul balls. The one-two, outside swing and a miss, but the ball will go all the way to the backstop, and it's a strikeout and a reaching base on a wild pitch. For Van Marder on the play, Lancaster goes to third. Second strikeout for Hawkins, but Marder reaches, and it's first and third, two out for Aaron Smith. Smith struck out looking to lead off the bottom of the first. Well, Hawkins patting Gonzalez on the shoulder. That was one of those classic curveballs that bounces in front of the catcher's right knee and over his left shoulder. 
Well, the Tigers just can't afford to give up these extra outs. That's two extra outs now they've given up in this inning. Sorry about that engineering gaffe, Ralph. <laughs> Smith at the plate. Gonzalez pauses. Smith for the tournament is now one for five with a run scored last night. 1-1 one, one the score, but the go-ahead run is at third in the bottom of the second. Inside for ball one. Leaning back is Smith. He steps out. Hawkins, quick pitches. That's a fly ball to shallow left field. Franco calls for it, and he'll make the catch just about three feet to the right of the warning track, and that retires the side. No runs, one hit, one error, and two left. We go to the third. Carroll 1, Klein 1. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan, Carroll Tigers Baseball on KCCT 11.50 a.m. The Gary Whittington Companies, Omni Digital Systems, Seidel, Whittington and & Company, and Gary Whittington CPA are proud supporters of Carroll Tiger Baseball. Good luck, Tigers, from Gary Whittington. This is Mark Husenberger in the studio. Keeping us on is Mark Earl, and here to take you through the middle three is Ralph Judkins. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Been a great game so far for the Tigers. They've tied the ball game. The crowd is really getting into it, keeping them fired up. Up at the plate now, it's Trey Rodriguez. Rodriguez struck out swinging in his first appearance. Last night, Rodriguez was 0 for 4, but managed to score the winning run. <laughs> Actually, check that. Now, grounded out in the inning where they, they scored the winning run. Strike one at the knees. Pops this one into right center field. Both outfielders going back for it. This one is going to bounce at the track and into the <laughs> into the right field uh, power alley there for a ground rule double. And they're going to send him back to two. That's how we're going to get this one started here is Trey Rodriguez with a leadoff ground rule double. So another great opportunity here for the Tigers already with runners in scoring position. Mark Blackmar coming to the plate. Blackmar has been struggling, though. Yeah, one and three last night, walked once and had a single early on. Struck out, or actually grounded out in his first appearance to end the first inning. Now it's time for some of that senior leadership I was talking about to show up. Blackmore's batting average has plunged all the way into the low 470s. Again, plunging to the low 470s. In fact, last night as he takes a called strike one, it could be said that Blackmar had a less than stellar outing, striking out nine. Problem was two wild pitches and two hit batsmen. Looks at a pinch inside, gets another call. Now behind 0-2 to Mike West. West going a little three-quarters there. So Rodriguez takes a leadoff here on second check by West. Look over. Rodriguez's job is just to distract. Blackmar fouls another one off air. Fouls one off into the screen here. Ralph, here's another case where two productive outs can score a run as we have a runner at second with nobody out. So small ball could be done here. Of course, when you hit like Carroll, American League Baseball usually works just fine. Well, what Blackmar needs to do is something uncharacteristic for him and, and do exactly what you're describing, either a fly or a bunt to advance. 
as West wastes the pitch outside to see if Blackmar would chase it. No dice. One and two now the count. Nobody out. Trey Rodriguez on second base on a ground rule double that hopped over the 375 mark. Inside, Blackmar tags this one up. This is going to be fouled. Overchasing it is Tossin, and this one is going to blow out of play. Yes, it does. As mentioned by Mark in the start of the game, uh, we actually can't see the corners of the field. I'm not sure if that bounced in the stands or on the track on the left-hand side. I think side. it landed on about the sixth step. It was kind of in Steve Bartman territory, if that helps paint the picture. <laughs> Indeed it does. A name that will live in infamy. Well, there's some people in South Florida who would beg to differ, but <laughs> around the Great Lakes area, that's a different story. As West steps off the mound, chasing Rodriguez back. Blackmar holding on to a 1-2 count here. Go ahead, run out on second base here in the top of the third inning. Pitch on the way outside. Blackmar chases it and strikes out. First out for the inning. And Blackmar continues to struggle. He's now 0 for 4 in his last four appearances. Singled in the first inning in yesterday's game. Well, one thing about Blackmar, all his strikeouts have been swinging this year, so you know he's not going to look at something and go to the dugout. But that is a huge strikeout for Mike West. Josh Cruz comes to the plate, singled, scored, the only run of the ball game for Carroll in the second inning. Still a chance to manufacture a run here. The Tigers can muster it. West misses outside. Ball one. Rodriguez still standing on second. Top of the third inning. West looks, checks, kicks, delivers. Swung on and missed by Cruz. More high heat from West. West with three strikeouts already to one walk. Having a fairly decent outing. He's also hit a batter, so that reflects on his control or lack of thereof. So a 1-1 count, one away. Again, Rodriguez on second. As Cruz gets a piece of it, tip straight back. Count now one and two. Cruz now behind the count, now has to switch over to defense. If there was any thought of manufacturing a run, with some deliberate hitting, it may be gone now. Screws needs to stay alive here. West checks second again and again. And the pitch goes high. Bearcat fans thinking that might have found the mark. More on the Tigers' side. The uh, fans up from Corpus Christi Carroll happy that that didn't go for a strike. The home plate umpire's really been pretty consistent. He's not giving a lot of pitches on the edge. Typical and stays. West delivers again. Check swing. Did he go around? Yeah, he's going to get called out on that one. So Cruz strikes out. Two straight strikeouts for West. Picking up O'Shea Dooms with a last out potentially here for this frame and another opportunity. The Tigers so far have already stranded three. Both in scoring position. Actually, no, check that. You got, you got three. The bases were loaded. Another opportunity here. West first pitch low. Ball one. O'Shea Dooms. Dooms now one for five for the tournament. He reached on an error that ultimately helped produce the run. Absent that error, Cano's grounder would have produced the third out. Instead, it produced the first run. 
West sets and delivers. Swung on and missed. One and one now to count, two away. Doom struck out once and uh, flew out twice last night before coming up with that game-winning signal single. Get an opportunity here to take the lead here with another game-winning single. The single actually was probably a double as it bounced on the warning track out by the 400 mark here at the Dell Diamond. West checks, delivers, tipped back by Dooms. The count now one and two. Count by rule, because the ball stayed in the park, you only get as many bases as are necessary to produce the winning run. So under different circumstances, it sounds like Doom would have had a double. Yeah, the, um, one of the interesting things about that rule is that it was not in place during Babe Ruth's career, so he had a few home runs taken away because balls hit over the fence were the same rule. Check swing, did he go around? Yes, he did. No, no he said safe. Nope. So Dooms, pitch was, pitch was a ball two and two. Much discussion in anger and happiness depending on what side of the diamond you're, stand, or you're sitting in today. So get the Tiger faithful up on their feet now or starting to get a little louder as the 2-2 with two away. Coming in from West, West checks Rodriguez on second. And again, and to throw off the timing, Dooms wisely steps out. That's been West's rhythm in the last several pitches to do a double check to second base. No move to get in behind at Rodriguez on seconds. West delivers. Pitch high. Now count full three and two. West already given up one walk today. At two outs. Dooms knows he's going to be coming. Pitch on the way from West. Chopped off. Bounced up and hit Dooms on his right leg. Going to walk that one off. This home plate umpire inspects the ball here. Three and two still. Two away here. Top of the third inning. University Interscholastic League State Championship for 5A Baseball. Brought to you today by Ed Hicks Nissan. 3-2 on the way. West checks the runner twice again. Delivers. Swung on and missed. Dooms goes down swinging, and West has struck out the last three batters face to end the threat. Tigers get one hit, no runs, leaving one as we head to the bottom of the third. You're listening to Carroll Tiger Baseball on the Texas Sports Radio Network. The Daily Own family, Robbie, Kay, and Sean, are in attendance today and are proud to help you bring help bring you this live broadcast of Carroll Tiger Baseball at the state tournament. Go Tigers from the De Leon family. We head to the bottom of the third inning and the top of the Klein lineup. Aaron Smith, Rob Tayson, and Mitchell now on the way. Top of the, of the Klein order. Tigers have the game tied. One run each. Each team with two hits. Carroll now charged with two errors. Second error coming on a fly, a, uh, basically a, a pop fly back behind the plate. Mishandled by Joe Gonzalez. In any case, uh, Aaron Smith flew out for the next out, so no damage really done. Just a 14-pitch second for Hawkins, which is a bit of a relief for him. 41 pitches through just two. 
First pitch fouled off by Rob Tayson. Left fielder hitting 381. Doubled and ultimately scored to score the one-run for Klein in the first inning. So Hawkins gets, Hawkins gets back to work. Floats one in there. This one's going to be stroked into left field. Diving up to catch it and a snow cone job done there by Jason Franco. Diving to his knees, catching the ball with his palm facing back towards home plate. So that saves a hit here early. I suppose you could nitpick about technique. That was technically a thumbs down play where Franco would want the top of the glove facing the turf rather than facing the air, but he did well just to catch up with that baseball and rob a base hit from Taysen. It wasn't actually looking like he was scooping it as he made the play, just diving towards it and trying to get something on it as Hawkins misses low to Mitchell now. One away, bottom of the third inning. Tie ball game, one apiece. Joe Gonzalez slides to his right to block a pitch that misses outside. 2-0 now. Hawkins now falling behind now. I'm guessing now has heard enough puns on his name to last a lifetime. I'm trying not to add to that as Hawkins finds the mark with a fastball. Well, it's sort of like a fastball with the letters. It's pretty hard to lay off a pitch like that. Well, that's the tempting thing. It's, it's up there high, and you want to hit at it. But As another fastball misses outside again, count now 3-1. and one. Hawkins in danger of issuing his first pass to first. With one away, that's not what we really want to do here. Hawk probably going to come back and just challenge here with a fastball. And he does, and that gets the strike as now was walking on his way, thinking he was going to get the pass. Comes back now to a 3-2 count. That could have been an I'm in charge call by the home plate umpire where he rings up the strike simply because the batter went to first. <laughs> yeah, get back here. This one's going to be grounded out of the reach of both Cruz and Rodriguez. Ends up in left field. All for naught on the 3-2. As now is aboard with one away in the bottom of the third inning. We'll have a courtesy runner for now, and that is number 12 coming into the ball game for Klein, Jonathan Fuller, a junior. Is a outfielder according to the position chart here. So at the plate, Eric Fisher, cleanup hitter hitting 450 preseason stats, reached on the throwing error, was stranded on third in his first appearance back in the first inning. I mentioned that Fisher's done some pitching for Klein. He got the save in game three of the Stony Point series on March the 15th. May the 15th, pardon me. Hawkins finds that inside mark where he's been wanting to live all day. Strike one with another fastball. At the plate, Fisher had a home run in game two of the Stony Point series. That in a losing effort. Nice pickoff move attempted by Hawkins over to first. Just dirt on the shirt for, uh, for Fuller. Tigers defense very good at defensing runners. Both Hawkins and Blackmore have excellent pickoff moves. Come back with an off-speed pitch, see if they were catching the steal. Steal wasn't on. Gonzalez doesn't have too bad a move either from the catcher's position. As we saw in the game against Churchill where he threw out the runner on first to end the ball game and clinch game one in the regional finals. One-on-one one fastball is going to miss low. Two and one now the count. 
So Eric Frischer steps out of the box, calls time. Some of those throws through for Gonzalez at the end of a pitcher's warm-ups will make you wince, but when it counts, he's got a great arm. And then sometimes he'll just hit the mark as Hawkins delivers a fastball, burns it by him, bringing the count two and two. Bearcats with a runner on first, trying to get ahead here in this contest, bottom of the third inning. Everything you'd expect in a state championship game and a bit more. Hawkins sets and delivers a pitch high. Bring the count full. Not sure what he was trying to do there. That one was too high and too inside to matter at all. So count now full 3-2. Hawkins checks the runner on first with one out. Fastball finds the mark. And Eric Fisher didn't even take the bat off the shoulder. He goes down looking. Third strikeout for the Hawk today. Tiger defense helping. So he does not need all the normal strikeouts he's going to need. This will bring up Evan Rudder. Rudder grounded out to third base to end the threat in the first inning. Looks at the called strike one. Tiger fans hoping that the Hawk is getting on track here. And when he's on track, he can just mow him down one fastball after another. Rudder, another tall drink of water at 6'3". He's a junior. Hawkins' next pitch misses just low. Hitting 327 coming into the tournament is Evan, the third baseman for the Bearcats. Tiger D paying back, as you mentioned before, Mark, all the way around now. And breaking pitch misses just outside. 2-1 now the count. Even Josh Cruz over in third is only a couple steps off the grass. Trey Rodriguez standing on the grass and Hinojosa uncharacteristically actually on the track. Now going on the pitch. This one's going to be hit into right field. Charging over to get it is Cano. Cano grabs it and that ends it. The Bearcats strand one on one hit. No errors and score nothing. We have played our way through three innings here up at Round Rock. You're listening to Carroll Tigers Baseball on KCCT, 1150 AM, presented by Ed Hicks Nissan. Stacy and Deborah Gallagher are proud to lend their support to this broadcast of Carroll Tiger Baseball at the state tournament. If you are in the market for construction or remodeling at your home, remember Stacy Gallagher at 533-7223. For high-quality work and a fair price, call Stacy at 533-7223. Top of the fourth coming back to the plate is Courtney Hawkins. He flew out to right field in his first appearance. The Carroll fans on their feet being led by the Carroll cheerleaders. Is that an anachronism to say that the cheerleaders are actually leading the fans in cheers for the Carroll Tigers today? Well, if this were a professional game, yes. Since it's a high school game, I do think that that's a pretty current statement. As West sets and delivers first offering to Hawkins, turned on and fouled, lofting right back towards the top of the luxury boxes here on the first baseline. And, Ralph, I'm glad you managed to work the word anachronism into the broadcast so you can deduct your word of the day calendar on your taxes. That's the problem with being an educator. You just can't stop. As the next pitch by West misses low. Delayed call on that one. And it looks like uh, <laughs> tossing in something to shave something off the bat. Hawkins didn't like 
something he was feeling up there on the top of his grip. Comes back to the box to a 1-1 count. Top of the fourth inning. Hawkins the lead off for the Tigers. West kicks and delivers. Turns on, driven into right field. Going back for it is Morgan. Morgan grabs it. And we've got one away as Hawkins again has flown out to right field. That thing with the bat was rather interesting to see. You'll see that with wooden bats where they might need to get rid of a splinter, but I'm not sure what's going on with an aluminum bat there. <laughs> well, hopefully it wasn't to get rid of a splinter. First pitch to Dacian Franco misses outside. Ball one. Are they splinters or slivers where metal's involved? You're I, the educator. Yeah, either way it hurts. I'd have to look that one up. <laughs> As Franco swings, unfortunately, and misses, getting nothing on a fastball from West. 1-1 in the fourth inning of a state championship game, and we're haggling over the difference between a splinter and a sliver. Well, you know, it's a university interscholastic league. This one's going to be popped up out of play again as Franco gets a piece of that one. 1-2 one, count, one away. Top of the fourth inning tie ball game. Carroll with two hits and two errors. Flying with three hits and one error. We're looking for someone to step up as West kicks and pitches and gets the call. Franco was looking at that one, thought it was going to be high. Loop and breaking pitch came down in, found the strike zone. And West is dominating. Striking out in the last inning, three in a row. Getting the first two out here, and he got three in a row in the, in the first inning. So first, third, and so far in the fourth. West had been pitching in game ones throughout the playoffs. For Klein. Pitch inside as Kano hops out of the way. Yeah, he's actually the guy with the uh, the most most appearances with a 9-1 record. But with the staff they've got at Klein with several pitchers with 5-0, 5-1, you can do that. Well, as we alluded to in the pregame show, the projected ace of the staff, Clayton Crum, who was, was drafted in the 47th round by the Chicago Cubs. He had committed to Ohio State. And he had Tommy Don John surgery, so as you mentioned, Ralph, he missed the first portion of the season. And this one's going to be laid down as a bunt towards Kano. They're going to have a hard time getting him. Kano is going to be aboard as the throw was probably late, and Fisher bounced it off the heel of his glove. Had that been a sacrifice, it been a runner on third now. In any case, a two-out safe hit for a bunt by Chris Kano. Very quickly scored a bunt by the official scorer here, and rightly so. <laughs> Yeah, it, it really it, it wasn't like they were gonna they were gonna get him. Connor was well on his well on his way to first. It brings up Malcolm Cepeda, the designated hitter for the Tigers. Would like nothing more than to hit safely here and potentially score the run from first. He drives this one over the head to the shortstop. Jeffries running into third now. The throw is gonna come in and bounce and almost over sliding the bag is Chris Cano. And Cepeda in with a stand-up double. And again, opportunities for heroics fall upon the senior, Adam Hinojosa. Hinojosa came to the plate with bases loaded. Van Marder was kind of in no man's land. He threw to the lead base because Connor represents the go-ahead run. But by doing so, that allowed Cepeda to go to second base. Now, Van Marder made the right play. He threw to the right base. It was just a difficult situation given that this is a tie game. Second base umpire calls time here as Cepeda is still removing batting gloves. Second base umpire is probably just telling him to stick it in your pocket, young man. we got a game to play here. So Adam Hinojosa digs in two away. Runners on second and third. 
And a chance again for the Tigers. Ball bounces. Hinojosa alertly says, nah, this is not going that far. So bad pitch by West. West has done a great job so far, as I mentioned. Now it's a chance to see how he's going to handle the P word. Pressure. Now kept the ball in front of him, which is pretty important with the go-ahead run at third. Pitch on the way. High gets the call. Similar pitch to what struck out Franco for the second out. So we may be seeing a stretch of the strike zone vertically now. Hinojosa looks over for instructions from Coast Yeager in the third base box. Cepeda taking a four-step lead, as does Cano on third. Another pitch up high, but this one doesn't get the call. Count now two and one to Adam Hinojosa. West climbing the ladder a little bit. The eight and nine hole hitters for Carroll get on with base hits and put Klein in a jam. West has proven he can get a strikeout to get out of this sort of thing, though. And this time Hinojosa is going to look at a call, bringing the count two and two. And, of course, Klein listeners, if they happen to be checking us out, are probably thinking, well, duh, because <laughs> Wes is 9-1 and one in pitching in a state championship game. Of course he's gotten out of these situations. And Hinojosa last night won the game or tied the game in this situation. Going to chop this one back out of the reach. They're going to have to charge to get this one. Throw over to Hinojosa, not in time. Run coming in home. Cepeda coming in and is thrown out at the plate. But the first run counts. So thrown out, attempting to come home is Malcolm Cepeda for the third out. He takes a glove to the face. But the Tigers have taken the lead on an Adam Hinojosa single, scoring Chris Cano. Three hits, one run for it. Nobody, well, one left on. As we head to the bottom of the fourth inning, you're listening to Carroll Tiger Baseball on the Texas Sports Radio Network, presented by Egg Hicks Nissan. Welcome back to the bottom of the fourth inning where the Tigers have taken a 2-1 lead. The Alamo Baseball and Softball Academy, Corpus Christi's number one instructional center, is proud to congratulate the Carroll High School Alamo Academy lesson members for their success and achievements this year, and they may not be done yet. The Alamo Baseball and Softball Academy's new, all-new indoor facility features private one-on-one instruction with the highest caliber instructors. Visit alamoacademy.com to sign up for your youth or high school players free lesson trial and our summer youth camps and high school boot camps register today thealamoacademy.com and don't forget the as you type that into your web browser of choice Hawkins sets the pitch here and gets a strike on his first pitch to Eric Lancaster the designated hitter Lancaster doubled to start off the second inning so very dangerous batter again leading off the bottom four for the Bearcats Next pitch floated in there. This one's going to be bunt and going to go foul. Be bunt head, rather. 0-2 now the count to Lancaster. Tigers put together a nifty inning after losing on a flyout and a strikeout the first two outs. Three hits in a row. Managed to score a run. And uh, last out being made by Malcolm Cepeda attempting to come in to double it up as the rain starts to fall here. This one's going to be fouled back out of play. Count remaining 0-2. We do have some blue skies, so as they say, the sun, sun shower never lasts an hour, so I doubt that will factor into the proceedings, except for maybe some relief for the players sweating it out on the field. Hawkins picks up the rosin bag to get his hand dry. Couldn't have been raining that long. 
Pitch gets away, floated outside there, but I think that was a waster in any case to see if he could get Lancaster stretching. Lancaster a little too canny for that. Jaeger sending Cepeda from second on that play. Not unusual at the high school level. This one's drilled, and it's going to just hit the top of the rail on the first base side. A bit of a grinder there for your skater fans. Chased down by three kids up in the corner. See if they'll bring it back to the uh, dugouts here. Any case count remaining one and two. Bottom of the fourth inning, Tigers with a one-run lead. Pitch hit outside this time, misses high. 2-2 count, bottom of the fourth. Tigers ahead, as I mentioned. Now with five hits versus three by Klein. But the bottom half of the frame has just begun. This one's going to be hit into center field. Blackmar on it all the way, grabs it. And the fly out to the senior means one away, bringing up Hank Morgan. Morgan flew out to left field in his last appearance in the second inning. 323 hitter otherwise for the Bearcats. Pitch number 67 coming up for Hawkins. He's getting back onto that pace that you like. Oh, definitely. If he keeps throwing fastballs, well, that one's going to miss low. Keeps throwing fastballs and forcing them to hit because now, again, with a couple more runs, Klein's going to have to be trying to go up there and get something started every time and not working so late in the count. This one's going to be a big fastball swung on and missed. To Hank Morgan to bring the count to one and one. Being ahead changes so many things for the pitching and the hitting. The team that trails frees up your options if you're ahead. As Hawkins lets fly with a pitch that was nowhere near the strike zone. Two and one now the count. We know that Hawkins has some nice breaking pitches, but he hasn't had to depend upon them in this ball game. Could be that he's just keeping them in his back pocket. Uh, as he misses again outside, three and one. Really, I'll tell you that uh, in, the, in the case of Hawkins, the goal here is just going to be to challenge and get ahead because in one category that uh, Hawkins does lead, he has 13, uh, 13 hit batsmen and nine wild pinches on the season as he gives up his first walk of the game. First walk of the game issued to Hank Morgan, and the Bearcats have a runner on board. Je Je Reese Jeffries coming to the plate. Jeffries grounded out to Hawkins in that second inning. That was a pretty big out because Lan Eric Lancaster led off the second with a double. And Hawkins managed to pitch out of that jam and, in fact, needed four outs to do it because of a wild pitch strike three. Comes back this time with a fastball on the outside corner. May need to pitch a bit out of this one, too. Yeah, there was definitely four outs with the, uh, the strikeout pass ball. And the fail to catch the fly ball. Any case, 0 1 on the way. This one, the breaking pitch, finds the mark. Or could that have been a changeup? In any case, it's a strike. Off well, speed's a good coverall term for when you <laughs> run into that situation. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it, if it started uh, inside and out, but uh, it definitely was not the fastball. So off speed's a good catch all. Bearcats with Morgan on first as Hawk makes a big kick and delivery and gets him swinging. Tiger fans liking that as that second out changes the offensive plan. And it looks like O'Shea Dooms is coming over to have a quick conversation with Courtney out on the mound. Perhaps something about holding the runner there with two away. 
Hawkins and Dooms each got awards at the banquet for most likely to have their shirts untucked. Um, <laughs> Jeffrey's a 221 hitter. He was just struck out. Van Marder is a 250 hitter. And Hawkins definitely wants to get those guys rather than face the top of the order. And Aaron Smith, he of the 382 batting average. Well, Van Marder, as we mentioned earlier, uh, reached on a pass ball strikeout. So he's already been struck out once, but still managed to reach. Ah, uh, baseball. This one's going to be hit for a base hit out of the reach of Josh Cruz into the corner. And it looks like we're going to have Morgan coming in on third. The tag is not in time. You can hear the Carroll fans shout because it looked like Cruz had the ball at the ankles, at the feet. And this is going to bring out Coach Yeager to discuss this. I don't think it's going to change anything. But it clearly looked like the tag could have very well have been there. Runners at the corners now. And Yeager is gesturing wildly, saying, you've got to be kidding me. It was there. The tag was there. It hit him on his foot. The ball was there in front of the bag. How could he possibly be safe with his foot? And now, because Yeager is actively, forcefully presenting his case, yeah, the home plate umpire is going to go come over and talk to him. And he's still got, Yeager's still going after it. He's being gently escorted away by the home plate umpire. The Yeager's not happy about that. Now you've got runners at the corners with two outs. For what it's worth, I thought Morgan was safe. It was a close play, but it looked to me like he was safe. Now you can certainly make a case that Coach Yeager has it in his job description to argue this call and make the case for his team in hopes that anything borderline the rest of the way will go to the Tigers. Well, definitely he makes case, takes off his hat, gets a standing ovation from the Carroll crowd as he makes a most impassioned appeal directly in front of Barry Smith, the veteran campaigner for Klein Bearcats. Joe Gonzalez comes out and relays the signals and the plan here after that rain, a bit of humidity coming into the stadium. And it's gotten hot here. Two away, runners at the corners. Top of the order in Aaron Smith now at the plate. Hawkett's first pitch is going to be popped up into left field. Franco calls for it, and that's going to end it and bring a big cheer from the Carroll fans. Third out, strands two. After one hit, no runs scored, we played our way through four here at the state finals game for 2010. You are listening to High School Baseball presented by Ed Hicks Nissan's Carroll Tiger Baseball on the Texas Sports Radio Network. The Caller Times is a proud supporter of South Texas High School Athletics. They have three reporters and two photographers here to cover all the state tournament action this week and probably a couple of people who paid to get in. Caller Times is keeping you covered 24-7 in print and online. Are you on the go? Check us out on the radio. Also get play-by-play from the state tournament and all your local sporting events on Twitter at Caller Live and at Caller Sports. Just another way of keeping you in touch through the Caller Times Network. I've said it before, I'll say it again. The way the Caller Times covers baseball is beyond compare, very commendable, and makes our job easier. Certainly it's great for the kids. Um, it's, um, it's something that's very wonderful to see. It's getting harder and harder to do as the newspaper industry changes over the years, and I certainly respect the Caller Times for making that reportage available and helping us out getting on the air also. 
you've got video recaps, you've got photo galleries, you have blogs, you have reader comments, and you have the infamous Twitter as well. You're able to follow the game as it happens online, no matter where you are in the world, thanks to the Caller Times. Lee Yeager has been protesting the entire time that we've been uh, on break and on ads. He is still working the home plate umpire for that last call. The pitch count has evened up pretty much. After four innings, Mike West of Klein has thrown 72 pitches. Courtney Hawkins of Carroll has thrown 76. And this being a state championship game, pitch count is kind of a point of interest, but not exactly urgent. Looks like Hawkins is showing his elbow to the home plate umpire. This could be a pretty huge point. Hawkins is not due until number five of the inning, but if he's got blood on his elbow, that may limit his participation. I don't think know that the rules are the same as basketball. They ought to get some padding for that. but <laughs> Not much chance of contact and uh, blood, blood infusion as he's uh, walking back into the dugout with the trainer. Well, perhaps not as much as, say, on the football field, but... Um, I challenge you, Mr. Junkins, to put on some catching gear with a runner charging in from third base and a throw coming in from the outfield. And, and let me know if there's any contact, could you please? <laughs> I think that's a definite goes without saying. But again, again, in a voice broadcast, we have to say something. And speaking of saying something. We're here, having some fun <laughs> here in the booth. Oh, this is the state championship game. We better be having fun. And Tigers definitely having fun here. Have got two runs on five hits. And one of those hits belonging to Trey Rodriguez. Unfortunately, not the run as he spent the entirety of the third inning standing out, well, at least the, the time the Tigers were at bat, on second base as West came back and struck out the next three. So one for two for the day in Trey Rodriguez, a shortstop coming to the plate. Definitely has a big game feel here with the P announcer playing popular songs from the 80s. Translation before the, any of the players were born. This <laughs> pitch is going to miss low. In fact, uh, as much as we listen to 80s music, you realize when you and I were growing up, that's the same thing as listening to 50s and what we thought of people that listened to 50s music? Well, speak for yourself. As a Beatles fan, I definitely have respect for Chuck Berry and Carl Perkins and Little Richard and the greats of that era. And oh, absolutely. I'm not saying they're not respect-worthy. Next pitch is going to find the mark against Rodriguez outside. West pitches another beauty. Rodriguez looking now at a 1-2 count. And it's kind of interesting. I kind of lost you on a couple of pop re culture references from the 70s, but you picked up on the great economist Adam Smith, who I believe wrote his treatise in the 1700s. Well, the reason for that is both of my degrees are in business. And this next pitch to Rodriguez keeps Rodriguez in business as it misses outside 2-2. Two and two. See, I hold a finance degree, so what disciplines do you hold your degrees in? <laughs> the boring ones, business administration. This one's going to be fly, flown out towards the parking lot on the first base side. Management science, you know, generic business. Those, those who couldn't decide decided to go with business. <laughs> Management I don't really consider boring because it deal, man, it's about working with people. But Yes, but management science. This one's going to be turned on. Good science there for a base hit into left field. Bounces in front of Rob Tasson, and Trey Rodriguez is aboard with a leadoff single in the fifth. As the Tiger Bats continue to produce now six hits through five innings, two runs scored on it, nearly getting a third as Cepeda was thrown out to end the last frame. West is doing a stand-up job with three strikeouts, but 
Four strikeouts, actually. Uh, six. Six, I'm sorry. Miss, missing on my tick marks here. This is going to be hit by now Blackmar at the plate. He pops this one up towards West. And having some difficulty with it, but finally catching it is West. Blackmar continues to struggle with an infield flyout for the first out of the fifth inning. Here we are in the state championship game. Tigers holding on to a one-run lead, 2-1, top of the fifth inning. At the plate, Josh Cruz. Cruz singled, ultimately scored in the second, struck out swinging in the third. Takes a big hack at this one and comes up empty. Rodriguez on first, one away. Top of the fifth inning. Signals coming across from Coach Yeager on first. Rodriguez may be looking to advance here. This one's going to be popped up again out of play. Thank goodness for these very narrow boundaries on the left and right of the foul line because the Tigers have put a lot on both sides in foul territory, what would be catchable territory in most other ballparks. I've seen 150-foot doubles in this park thanks to those seats so close to the foul line. And that could be runner almost going here. Very, very aggressive, about 20 feet down the base pass. As given it, uh, cruises down 0-2. West has time and pitches to give to see if they can't pick off Rodriguez. Rodriguez was definitely on an aggressive lead there. Right, going on the pitch now, fouled off by Josh Cruz. Interesting count for a hit and run there. Yeah, I was rather kinda, surprised. But it does bespeak the challenge of scoring runs against this caliber of pitching. The, it, the, the axiom goes that a batter will get one pitch to hit during an at-bat, and he needs to make the most of it. But when you're talking about the pitchers that you're going to see in the state tournament, Carroll's and Klein's, that may be one an inning, Throw which over. is where man, manufacturing runs and homers becomes a factor. Throw over to Chuck Cruz, or rather Rodriguez on first. <laughs> missed the mark. Throw in now. Swung on and missed by Cruz at the plate. Big strikeout there for West as now with two outs. There's no chance of any kind of sacrifice, but a greater chance you're going to see Rodriguez make a break. I wasn't quite sure about yeah, the, the hit and run with the, with the pitch count being what it was either. Two away. It speaks to how Carroll manufactured the go-ahead run. A bunt single, a hit to the outfield, and an infield single that drove in a runner from third and nearly from second. O'Shea Dooms 0 for 1 on the day. So he looks at a first pitch outside, ball 1. O'Shea reached. Well, does the error count as an at-bat? Yes, it does. Okay. Well, <laughs> live and learn, and I'm learning. So 0 for 2 for the day. And amazingly then, 0 for a lot more than that as a pitch over, toss over to Czech Rodriguez. The only hit Dooms has in that series, again, is that much-talked-about single to end the ball game last night. Looks at a pitch way outside. 2-0 now the count. West seems more concerned about holding the runner. Coach Yeager sends in a fresh set of signs. Paid attention to rapidly by Trey Rodriguez and O'Shea Dooms. Dooms is two for his last 13 going back to the Churchill Series last week. 
He parks this one. That streak's going to be broken. This one is going to bounce and be fielded by Tassin. And the runners move around one spot. Or rather, Rodriguez advances to second now. Dooms with a single. And we can't talk so bad about him anymore with his hitting streak. Or now he has a hitting streak of one. Well, a two-game hitting streak, a three-game hitting streak, because he does have a one-for-four in Game 2 of the Churchill Series, a one-for-four last night, and a one-for-three today. And I don't know that we're talking bad about him. We're talking about how he's hitting against some of the best pitchers in the state. And that's, that's what's truly amazing, to get a hit at all. Hawkins at the plate now, looks at a called strike one. Hawkins flown out twice to right field with two away, runners on first and second. Another great chance here for the Tigers. Tigers have stranded five so far in this ballgame. Kick and pitch from West looked at wisely by Hawkins as that one was low and outside. With a 1-1 count, two away. Rodriguez on second, Dooms on first. State championship on the line for West. Pitches in, Hawkins checks, swings, gets the call for the strike. Ball had actually bounced in front of New at the plate. Two things to like about the umpires. One, the home plate umpire didn't wait for the catcher to appeal. He went to the first base umpire to see if Hawkins were running around. And also, with five colors at their disposal, they're wearing black on a day like today. One and two pitches high. Runners scamper back. 2-2 two, two count. Nowadays, you'll see umpires wearing navy blue, light blue, red, cream, or black, and they're wearing black today. In Texas. 2-2 on the way. Check swing. Did he go around? No. New scampered up to apply a tag. And now we're going to apply even more pressure to Mike West. 3-2 count. Runners on first and second. Two away. Top of the fifth inning. And with a full count, those runners will be running with the pitch. So a single almost certainly will extend the lead. West looks in. Checks the runner for good form. And delivers. This pitch is going to be high. And that's a walk. So Hawkins draws the second walk of the ball game, loading the bases, bringing up Jason Franco. Franco, the left fielder, hitting somewhere in the mid-350s. Can you update me on that one in just a moment? We break out the calculator here. We have a courtesy runner on for Hawkins. As expected, we're going to see... Cameron Hargis out there. Hargis has made an appearance in almost every game as a pinch runner this series. He's a courtesy runner in this role as he is allowed to enter the ball game in another capacity even after he has run the bases for the pitcher Hawkins. So Franco looking at a 1-0 on the way. Bases loaded two away. Chops this one back and foul. 1-1 count. Two outs. Bases juiced for the Cats. Jungle is full. Tigers. Fine defense playing back. Not a desperation D as both Smith and Jeffries in the infield are playing back on the edge of the dirt. Only rudder forward. Franco now hitting 356 up to the minute. Runner going already on third. This one's going to be parked for a base hit into center field. That's going to score one and two. Tigers still advancing, throwing to second. Everyone's safe as Hargis dives in. And the Tigers have scored two here with two away on a two-RBI single by Jason Franco. 
Tigers waving the rally flags. Klein fans sitting there politely as the number one team, according to Baseball America, has now fallen behind the Tigers with nine outs remaining in the ball game. I actually call it ten because the Tigers have one more in this inning, but it's really nine for Klein. Three runs, eight hits for the Tigers. And we may not be done yet as Chris Cano comes to the plate with runners on the corners. And the Tiger fans are cheering now. Let's remember that after the game, we will select an Ed Hicks Nissan player of the game. This one's going to be hit again by Cano in the right field. That's going to score one more. And the rally continues. The throw-in goes over the head of the shortstop, Jeffries. And the Tigers are on the roll. And, Ralph, here's why this is getting very interesting. The Tigers are attacking West early in the count now. Usually, with a pitcher of West caliber, you have to be very patient before you get a hit, get a pitch that's good to hit. You have to be ahead in the count. Well, Hargis Franco had a 1-1 pitch that he singled to the outfield, and Cano just singled the first pitch he saw to the outfield. So we got runners on first and second. Franco on second. Cano on first. Malcolm Cepeda at the plate as Hargis scored the run for Hawkins and expanded the lead now to 5-1. to one. Cepeda is going to hit this one to the center field. Looks like Van Marner's there for it, and that's going to end it. Tigers are going to strand two, but who cares about that? They put three across as they receive a standing ovation. The base runner's coming in as well as Lee Yeager on third. The Tigers have taken a four-run lead here in the top of the fifth on four hits, stranding two. And you are listening to Carroll Tiger Baseball presented by Ed Hicks Nissan on the Texas Sports Radio Network. The Gary Whittington Companies, Omni Digital Systems, Seidel, Whittington and & Company, and Gary Whittington CPA are proud supporters of Carroll Tiger Baseball. Good luck, Tigers, from Gary Whittington and... Would you rather be lucky or good? The Tigers a little bit of both with a 5-1 lead, and here's Ralph Jenkins to tell you a little more about it. Well, I'm really excited to say that the Tigers have posted runs in the second, fourth, and last inning was a big deal with three runs coming across to take a 5-1 lead as uh, Courtney Hawkins returns to the mound. Hawkins is struck out. Uh, my, my count here could be wrong, but it looks like three. I have four. Four, giving up a walk. My count is wrong. Well, the Van Martyr strikeout where he reached can cross up. That may have done it as Rob Tayson takes a big foul ball way out past left field. Assisted by the wind for one strike. As he delivers another fastball just looked at by Tayson. There's a Tossin. We'll, we'll throw that one back and forth as... Uh, Tossin doubled and later scored in the first inning, flew out to left. And his second appearance is now behind 0-2. He's going to foul another one off out of play. As I think right now, all Hawkins is looking to do is just deliver fastballs right down the middle as hard as he possibly can. The goal now is going to be to keep runners off the base paths in order to keep the chances for a miraculous recovery by Klein underneath. As Taysen gets on top of the ball with a bat, ends up knocking it down back towards the screen here. That was, a, that was a ball about the level of the bill of his cap that he managed to get on top of. 
Well, at this point, it's definitely going to change the dynamics as Klein is way behind and way outside with this pitch. Nice stop by Joe Gonzalez to stop that one from rolling back to the fence. Not that it would have mattered with nobody on. Well, it may now look a little harder in the on-deck circle because he even had to go get the baseball. So there may actually be a tactical advantage to letting a ball like that go by. <laughs> Anything to do it. And speaking of doing it, Taysen is done by a fastball inside, swung on and missed. Five strikeouts now for the Hawk. A lot to like about this situation for the Carroll Tigers. They have the 5-1 to one lead. They now have just eight outs to go to a state championship. Hawkins can rear back and throw fastballs, and the meat of this order is batting where they can't really do a lot of damage. Hawkins sets and delivers to now. This one's going to be fouled back. Speaking of state championships, I recapped the futility or, well, the success as it was for the Tigers so far. A win today would represent the very first state championship for Mary Carroll High School in its history. And first pitch, or rather, pitch here is going to miss inside. Tiger fans not necessarily happy with that call, but you got the lead. The count's one and one with one away. Bottom of the fifth inning here. Hawkins sets and delivers. This one's going to miss incredibly. Another one, a ball with, half ball with either way. In any case, two to one now the count. Tiger defense playing back. Trying to keep the runners off the base pass. Trying to keep the opportunities for a rally at a minimum. Pitch to now. This one's going to get the call. I don't know if I'd go so far to call that Maybelline. That'd be makeup. But uh, in any case, another strike. We don't say that about uh, UIL officials, sir. <laughs> I'm just talking about a makeup brand. And this one's going to be fouled off again. Oh, are we all welcoming a new sponsor? <laughs> not at all yet. I hope you're not giving it away, sir. <laughs> We have a lot of very fine sponsors who put up some good dollars to get their products and services mentioned on this broadcast. Very grateful. 2-2 right back to Hawkins. Over the top of his glove. This one's going to land. No chance for Hinojosa to charge in. And on a ball that Hawkins attempted to make the play on. Sophomore not quite tall enough to come up with that one. Quickly scored an infield single, and rightly so. We'll see yeah. the courtesy runner once again for now, Jonathan Fuller once again. No, that's, that's a different Mitch, man. That's Mitch Hebert, it looks like. Hebert. Hebert, yes. We'll use the Louisiana pronunciation. Is there another one? <laughs> in New England, it's probably Hebert. Are we well, in New England, sir? Not I at all, sir. we're in Texas, and this Louisiana's is, a fine neighbor. This is Texas, and it is a beautiful day. Pickoff move attempted here. Perfect throw into O'Shea Doom's glove. Tag applied to Hebert on his right side as he dives back, just dirt on the shirt. As Fisher awaits the very first pitch at the plate. Fastball thrown in. This is going to be hit straight towards third base. Fielded over for one. Toss over for two. Is it in time? Yes, it is. And the Tigers have a 5-6-4-3. Now 5-6-3 double play in the action here as they close out the Bearcats. One hit, no runs, nobody left. The Tigers are now six outs closer to that first state championship. And you are listening to Carroll Tigers Baseball presented by Ed Hicks Nissan on the Texas Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the state championship for 2010. Here to take us the rest of the way 
through the last two frames is Mark Kusenberg. Thanks a lot, Ralph. Great job through the middle three as you got the bulk of the scoring. Carroll takes the lead 5-1. to one. They're six outs away from a state championship. A Region 4 team. And, Ralph, hopefully you're shielded from this sort of thing, but folks in Region 2 and Region 3 will delight in talking about Region 4 struggles at the state semifinal level, but the Carroll Tigers are bucking that trend. They have a 5-1 to one lead, and they'll send the top of the order, Adam Hinojosa, Trey Rodriguez, and Mark Blackmar against Mike West, who has thrown 99 pitches. And actually, I think that's a new pitcher out there. They have a lefty on the hill, so we'll have to get that number. They have gold numbers on the front of the jersey. And by the way, if you're designing jerseys and you want to make the numbers gold, please don't. It makes it pretty difficult for us up here in the booth. Thinking this might be Eric Fisher. It is Eric Fisher, number 13, 5-0 record. Probably we'll swapping out at first base. We'll double-check that in the first pitch from Fisher is strike one to Inahosa. And this was something we talked about before the game with Barry Smith, head coach of Klein, as Inahosa is a fly ball to right center field. Ranging over is Van Marder. He has room, makes the catch, and that is out number one. And we have talked about Fisher doing some pitching, and he is on the hill right now. And it looks like that's West over at first, like you were suggesting, that it's a straight-up swap. Hard to tell through the screen here. Again, those, <laughs> those gold-faded numbers are really hard to read. We'll look for a 23 on the back of the first baseman as Trey Rodriguez, who's two for three, comes to the plate and takes high for ball one. Fisher, a lefty. And we mentioned he last pitched, to our knowledge, against Stony Point in game three of that series, getting a save, squelching a rally by Stony Point. And his pitch misses to Rodriguez. Two balls and no strikes to the Carroll shortstop. Fisher's next delivery is on the outside part of the plate at the belt. First strike one, and Rodriguez looked like he was taking all the way on, on that one, being a little more conservative on what pitches he might go after. Here's a 2-1 from Fisher. That's a fly ball to center field. Ranging over to his right this time and making the catch is Van Marder. Six pitches and two down. Number and that is number 10 over at first base, Rob Tayson coming over from left field. So now we'll look for Mike West in left field. And <laughs> it's still Van Marder in center field. We can confirm that much. This is one of the joys of covering high school sports when they, a strange team makes a pitching change. Goodness only knows what's going on in the field as Blackmore looks at strike one. Blackmore is 0 for 3, grounded out to the third baseman. Rudder in the first, struck out swinging in the third, popped up to the pitcher at the time, West John, in the fifth. The uh, left fielder is now Jonathan Fuller. He's seen action as a courtesy runner. That's a fly ball to right field, and making the catch is Hank Morgan to retire the side. Three up, three down for Carroll in the top of the sixth. We go to the bottom of the sixth. Carroll five and Klein one. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan Carroll Tigers baseball on KCC TV 1150 and the Texas Sports Radio Network. The DeLeon family would like to wish good luck to the Carroll Tigers today. Robbie, Kay, and Sean DeLeon are proud supporters of Carroll, especially so today as they are six outs away from the state championship with a five to one lead. Klein will send Evan Rudder, Eric Lancaster, and Hank Morgan 
to the plate. The five, six, and seven hitters imperative that Klein get runners on base so that when they get to the heart of the order in the seventh inning, if that happens, they'll be batting with runners who matter on the bases. Rudder is 0 for 2, grounded out to the shortstop Rodriguez to end the first, flight out to the right fielder Cano to end the third, and Hawkins' first pitch is high for ball one. Pitch number 91 coming for Hawkins, and at this point in the ball game, the pitch count, interesting but barely a factor. If Hawkins is effective, he'll stay out there. If he starts to lose it, Jaeger will go to his pen, and he delivers a fastball at the knees for strike one, suggesting that he has not, in fact, lost anything. Hawkins working a little more deliberately right now. Delivers a 1-1. That's at the knees for strike two. Very nice pitches here for Hawkins against Evan Rudder. Struck out five, giving up one walk. And despite the fact that he leads the team in both stats, hasn't hit anyone or thrown a wild pitch today. Rudder now 0 for 5 with a walk in the tournament. Fouls that pitch the opposite way, and the count remains one ball and two strikes. Smacks a luxury box located just to our right. Unusual problem to have them return the have to return souvenirs. That's a slow roller to the third base side foul, and the count remains one ball, two strikes. Fuller took over in left field, Jonathan Fuller, and the left fielder Taysen moved to first base. The first baseman Fisher moved to pitcher, and we believe that West just left the ball game. Five to one is the score, and the pitch is high. Evening the count at two and two, and that's a couple of times that Hawkins has seen a flying batter foul off a couple of pitches, and then he delivers outside the strike zone to try to disrupt the timing a little bit. Here's a two-two. That's fouled the opposite way. Two balls and two strikes. One of the impressive things about these pitchers, Ralph, is that this late in the ball game, hitters are still having trouble getting around on them. That's part of the reason why the Tigers are here with a one-two punch between Blackmar and Hawkins. And they're able to keep throwing heat again. Hawkins having a very high pitch average, just under 119. Grounded down the third base side foul, and the count remains two and two. Dangerous ball just going foul by about two feet over the bag. And ricocheting off the stands would be very tricky to play for either the third base. Well, impossible to play for third base, and even tricky to play for Franco out in left field. Rudder about to look at his ninth pitch this at-bat from Hawkins as he's fouled off two 1-2 pitches and then a pair of 2-2 pitches. The count's still 2-2. Rudder setting up deep in the box. Hawkins' pitch is a fly ball to left field. That will drop in for a base hit. When Mitchell now had the infield single, Mitch Abair came on to run for him and... Hawkins induced a double play ball from Eric Fisher to get out of that jam. and it's kind I, bl- of, I believe that's the pitching coach coming out to talk with Hawkins for a little bit. That's Coach Leal coming out, and uh, Gonzalez up there. I think what's going to happen here is uh, Coach Leal is going to provide one of his famous motivational speeches to fire up Hawkins. Yeah, touches them both on the head. <laughs> Hawkins signaling out to the outfield. No one away. None away. That brings up Eric Lancaster, who is two for five for the state tournament. Had a base hit last night against Plano West. A double over the head of the left fielder Franco in the second inning. He was stranded at third and flight out to the center fielder Blackmar leading off the fourth. Hawkins delivers ball one. 
Critical now just to keep the runners off the base pads. And now that they're off there, get another you know, chance for a pickoff move. Outside, 2-0 the count. We're still in the sixth inning, and we have a double play in order. So Hawkins may pay some attention to Rudder. When it gets later in the ball game, if Carroll still has a four-run lead and there's a runner at first, he could probably walk on his hands to second base and Carroll would let him. That's a nice pitch on the outside part of the plate for strike one to Lancaster. Yeah, coming back from that 2-0, he's going to need something to keep him honest. Hawkins will look to first. Here's the 2-1 pitch. At the belt for strike two. That, that, the umpire acted like that was strike three. It was just strike two, and he knows it. But it's a very enthusiastic yeah, call in any case, perhaps premature. Definitely a strike, but only strike two. So <laughs> That looked like he was throwing them out. 2-2, two, two, here we go. The pitch is a slow roller for the third baseman. No play at second. Throw to first is late. An infield single for Lancaster. And that will bring up Hank Morgan with runners at first and second. This got a lot more interesting, Tiger fans. No outs. Morgan for the tournament is one for five. He had the game-winning run batted in last night against Plano West. Today, he flied out to the left fielder Franco in the second inning. Walked in the fourth, was stranded at third. He got to third on a base hit by nine-hole hitter Van Marder. Tigers going to have to rely on their defense if Hawkins can't get the strikeouts here. That's a foul back. The tying run is on deck. So hardly a time to panic for the Tigers, but they certainly don't want things to get any more interesting than they already are. Morgan hit another lefty hitter. The pitch from Hawkins is a swing and a miss at a high outside fastball. I think if he lets it go, it's ball one, but he offered, so it's strike two. Now, Trey Rodriguez was working in very close behind Evan Rudder on second. Still a chance to get a double play here. That's outside deliberately. Hawkins hit Gonzalez's glove, smack dab. Hawkins, Gonzalez was set up outside. So this 1-2 pitch sets up the next offering headed Hank Morgan's way. And that's fouled the opposite way off the sign of a certain financial institution. One ball, two strikes. Hawkins wiping some sweat off his brow with his glove. Pitching from the stretch. Here's the one-two. Now he winds up, and it's inside to even the count at two and two. Hawkins taking his time on these pitches, as you mentioned. Hawkins is about to deliver his 20th pitch of this inning. Which would be... 109 for the ball game. Outside corner, strike three looking. Outstanding pitch by Hawkins for his sixth strikeout. One away for Reese Jeffries. And we're to the point of the ball game that if Klein has any pinch hitters, we're going to see him. Jeffries 0 for 2 for the day. Grounded out and struck out in his first two appearances. 
One for five for the tournament, his base hit being last night. Tigers needing to get the bottom of the order out. That is a grounder to the second baseman. Hinojosa throws to short for one, throw to first. In time for the double play. Second double play of the game for the Tigers. Second inning in a row, and that gets them out of a first and third. Nobody out jam for Klein in the sixth. No runs, two hits, no errors, and one left. We go to the seventh. Carroll five, Klein one. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan Carroll Tigers baseball on the Texas Sports Radio Network. Stacy and Deborah Gallagher are proud to lend their support to this broadcast of the Carroll Tigers at the state tournament. If you are in the market for construction or remodeling at your home, remember Stacy Gallagher at 533-7223. For high-quality work and a fair price, call Stacy at 533-7223. The Carroll Tigers have one last chance to build up some insurance against Eric Fisher, the second pitcher of the ball game. Clayton Crum, the starting pitcher last night for Klein, went five innings, got no decision. But that seems to be part of Klein's method of operating. They work almost like a professional team in terms of using their relievers. Fisher will face the middle third of the Carroll order as Josh Cruz leads off and fouls off strike one. Cruz singled and scored at the time the tying run in the second, struck out swinging in the third, struck out swinging in the fifth. Those weren't boos you were hearing. The crowd was calling Cruz. Hind outside for ball one. Okay, is Jose Cruz before your time, Mr. Judkins? <laughs> Perhaps out of my memory. He had a son, Jose Cruz Jr., had a nice major league career, and that's a liner into center field for a base hit by Josh Cruz. Jose Cruz who for, um, with the, with due respect to Jimmy Wynn and um, Joe Morgan, for the first 30 years of the Astros' history, was the best position player in the history of the franchise. As Cameron Hargis, who's seen action as a courtesy runner for the pitcher, Hawkins is now on as a pinch runner for Cruz, and I'm certain that Cruz will be back in the field in the bottom of the seventh. Hargis... At first base for O'Shea Dooms, who was one for three today, reached on an error in the second, was stranded at third base, struck out swinging in the third, singled and scored in the fifth. Mathematically, perhaps, Hargis doesn't represent too significant a run, but psychologically it means a lot if you're hit by more than one swing of a bat, as that is fouled away for strike one by Dooms. Hargis has already crossed once for Hawkins as the third run that was scored in the fifth inning to give the Tigers the 5-1 lead they now enjoy. Hargis did have a stolen base in game one of the Churchill series last week. Showing bunt is Dooms, and he bunts it down the first baseline. It goes foul for strike two. The Tigers perhaps coming out to play a small ball manufacture one more. As you said, it may not matter for much on the board, but will matter a lot to the heart of the Klein, uh, Klein Bearcats. Lee Yeager, the head coach of the Carroll Tigers, has talked about how one of the hardest things to do at the high school level is to get those last three outs. And he's said that he'd rather be behind by a run in the bottom of the seventh than ahead by a run in the bottom of the seventh. Of course, he's ahead by four right now as Dooms fouls off strike two. And you know that even as Lee Yeager is coaching the bases, he's thinking about 
how long he cares to go with Hawkins and who he has in mind to pitch the remainder of the ball game should Hawkins falter. He has some great hard throwers here. Chris Cano coming in in relief last time to get the win. Popped up, left side, and that will drift out of play and keep the count at 0-2 to O'Shea Dooms, who certainly is a strong candidate for the Coastal Bend all-name team. Mentioned that before, he's been confounding PA announcers throughout the playoffs. No matter where the, uh, the Tigers go, I always get a check on his name. Eric Fisher, the lefty on the hill. Here's the 0-2 pitch, high and outside for ball one. Dooms has a modest three-game hitting streak thanks to his base hit in the fifth. Hargis taking about a two-step leadoff first. We haven't seen Fisher throw to first base. Of course, Fisher a left-hander, and absent more information, he'll get a lot of respect just for that, and Dooms is rung up for strike three. Kind of waited around for signs from the from Lee Yeager as coach, and he had to tell him, well, son, I need you to go back to the dugout. That was strike three. Well, if we do see a reliever, it's most likely to be Chris Cano. Cano actually would come in with a lower ERA than the starter, Hawkins. Hawkins 0 for 2 with a walk. Hits that one backhanded by the third baseman. The throw to first is in time to get Hawkins as Rudder makes a nice play. That was a brilliant backhand and, and get up off of his knees and make the throw to throw out Hawkins. Hargis does go into scoring position, but now with two away and Jason Franco coming to bat. Franco walked in the second, struck out looking in the fourth, two-run single in the fifth. That plated runs four and five for the Tigers, and he looks at ball one from Fisher. Franco's been pretty busy in left field as we've seen a lot of fly ball outs from both pitchers in this game. That's a grounder to the shortstop. The play is to first. The throw is offline. Tag is not there. Everybody's safe. An error by Jeffries puts runners at first and third with two away. Bit of an LA sweeper tag. And the umpires are going to convene on this one and confirm that he is safe on first base. Five runs on ten hits, two errors, seven left on base for Corpus Christi Carroll. One run on seven hits, two errors, and seven left on for Klein. And Bit of a conference here uh-huh. now going out as Coach Smith is uh, campaigning. Barry Smith is having a word with the umpire. The infielders have gathered around the pitcher's mound. None of them is within even 70 feet of a base, and... For a while, Lee was having a conference with Jason Franco, his runner at first, but now he's back on the bag, and for all of Barry Smith's politicking, it will remain runners at first and second with two out, and Chris Cano coming to bat. Cano is two for three, had an RBI fielder's choice grounder in the second as he beat out a throw that could have produced an inning-ending double play. A bunt single, and he scored in the fourth, an RBI single in the fifth. 5-1 Tigers.
The pitch from Fisher. Breaking pitch high for ball one. Hargis charging down the line to see if he can induce a throw. Not so much a threat to steal as something to to rattle new behind the plate. And now behind the plate. It is a first and third situation as that's a fly ball down the right field line. But Morgan will settle under it and make the catch to retire the side for Carroll in the top of the seventh. No runs, one hit, one error, and two left. We go to the bottom of the seventh inning. It's 4-1, to one, Carroll, as they are three outs away from a state championship. You're listening to Ed Hicks, Nissan, Carroll Tigers Baseball on KCCT 1150 AM and the Texas Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to Round Rock, Texas, the Dell Diamond. Mark Husenberger thanking you for joining us, and Mark Earl doing a fantastic job in the studio. Thank you very much. Ralph Judkins is headed to the field, and he hopes to have some interviews with some Carroll Tiger coaches and players after this one is done. Klein will send the nine one and two hitters to start against Courtney Hawkins, who is out to pitch the seventh inning. He's thrown 110 pitches, 209 in the afternoon, and his first pitch is high and inside to Van Marder for ball one. Van Marder reached on a wild pitch, strike three in the second, singled in the fourth. Hawkins delivers well outside. Two balls, no strikes the count. As Van Marder is certain to have a take sign here, but he does offer. And fouls the pitch off. Two balls and one strike. Klein needs base runners, especially given that the three, four, and five hitters in the order will only get to the plate if somebody reaches for them. The pitch from Hawkins. Inside corner, strike two. In case you're wondering about the save statistic, two Bearcats would have to reach to produce a save situation. Here's the 2-2. High and inside for ball three. The count full to Ryan Van Marder. Van Marder, three for five for the tournament. The infield deep. The pitch. Grounded off of Hawkins' leg. He'll give chase and no throw. An infield single for Van Marder. That one hit hard enough that it got away from Hawkins to the point that he couldn't chase it down and get the throw away. And... Lee Yeager comes right out to have a conversation with Hawkins and make sure that he's all right. Depending on how he feels about disrupting the Klein players and, of course, about Hawkins' situation, he may elect to ask Hawkins to make some warm-up throws. Instead, Hawkins will just tuck in his shirt. It had become entirely untucked, so it's quite possible that the home plate umpire advised him to tuck his shirt in. The wind blowing pretty significantly right to left field. Lots of lefties in the batting order for the Klein Bearcats. And they'll send the top of the order, Aaron Smith, getting his fourth look at Courtney Hawkins. And Hawkins' first pitch is on the outside corner for strike one. Nice tailing fastball from Hawkins that catches the black. 
Smith struck out looking in the first. Flight out to the left fielder Franco to end the second. Flight out to the left fielder Franco to end the fourth. Here's the 0-1 outside. Ball one, not necessarily a problem. Hawkins got a call on the outside black, so he went for another. Looks like Josh Cruz is, in fact, back in the field for Carroll. He made way for a pinch runner, Hargis, in the top of this inning. Here's the 1-1 outside. Gonzalez bluffs a snap throw. We're not likely to see anything interesting with a four-run margin, not from Carroll and not from Clyde. They'll play it pretty straight right now. 5-1 Tigers. Hawkins the pitch. Outside corner at the knees for strike two. Aaron Smith, the coach's son. And Barry Smith had some very thoughtful words about what it means to have his son playing in a game of this magnitude. Very proud, as you can imagine. Runner going. There's the 2-2. Popped up foul. That'll go out of play. And the count remains. Two balls and two strikes. Ryan Van Marder, the runner at first. Nobody out. Carroll had double plays in the fifth and sixth inning to escape threats. The pitch is grounded past the first baseman. Dooms into right field for a hit. And bobbled, so that'll allow Van Marder to go to third. A single and an error. That allows Van Marder to go to third. First and third, nobody out for Robert Tayson. So we'll see Rodriguez and Hinojosa come in for double play depth. They'll happily concede a run for two outs at this point. And now Rob Tayson comes to the plate. Tayson's one for three today, doubled and scored in the first. That put Klein ahead. A lead that didn't last too long. Hawkins' pitch is fouled back for strike one. Taysen lined out to the left fielder. Franco leading off the third. Strikeout swinging leading off the fifth. Taysen for the tournament is now two for six. Hawkins' pitch count is in the low 120s now. Bluff to third, bluff to first. And Taysen still looking for his 0-1 pitch. Here's the delivery. High and outside for ball one. Taysen a senior, six foot tall, 170 pounds. Stands in the back of the box with an even stance from the left-hand side. The 1-1 pitch. Down the middle for strike two. Taysen must have been looking for something he didn't get because that looked like a pitch he could handle, but Hawkins gets away with it. And the count is now one and two. Hawkins delivers. Popped up foul, out of play. And sounds like a nice catch was made in the one of the photography wells. Couldn't see it from here. 
Taysen takes off his batting helmet. And looking for the opportunity to cool down. 2-16 here at the Dell. Hawkins a look to first. And the pitch outside for ball two. The Klein Bearcats did not make the playoffs last year, and they're playing for a state championship. The defending champion, El Paso Socorro, did not make the playoffs this season. Hawkins the 2-2, fouled away. Van Marder worked a six-pitch at bat to get a hit. So did Smith. Taysen's looking for his seventh pitch from Hawkins. Nobody out, two aboard. First and third for the Bearcats. The 2-2 from Hawkins outside for ball three. Hawkins, one could suggest, has been productively wild in that the Bearcats have not attacked him early in the count, but that could change as they get a fourth look at the young man. On deck is Mitchell now. And if Taysen reaches without an out being involved, now would bat as the tying run. The 3-2 pitch. Popped up. That'll drift into center field. But having the range and making the catch is Blackmar. Martyr will score easily. So it's 5-2. to two, But now the Tigers are two outs away from the state championship. Aaron Smith remains at first base. O'Shea Dooms comes to the mound to have a word with Hawkins, who's had to work very hard really throughout this ball game, but especially this inning. That was an eight-pitch at bat where Hawkins got the first out, and I don't know if we've said enough about what a fine game Hawkins has pitched today. That's a fly ball off the bat of now into right field. Settling under it is Kano. He makes the catch. One more out to go. And now a big bat is retired. The tying run remains on deck. And now Eric Fisher, who came on to pitch in the sixth inning, becomes the last hope for the Klein Bearcats. Five runs, ten hits, three errors, and nine left on for Carroll. Two runs, nine hits, two errors, and seven left on for Klein. Fisher is 0 for 3 today. Runner going. The pitch is inside, and Gonzalez won't throw. And at this point in the ball game, You would definitely score that fielder's indifference. No stolen base for Smith. Smith could probably walk on his hands to third base, and Carroll would let him. Their focus is on Fisher, who bats with a 1-0 count, and that is grounded into right field for a base hit. Holding at third is Smith, and that brings the tying run to the plate in the form of Evan Rudder. 
Rudders one for three, grounded out to the shortstop Rodriguez to end the first, flight out to the right fielder Cano to end the third, singled in the sixth. We don't have Van Rudder for any home runs this season. Rudder came into the tournament a 327 hitter, and he's been right on that pace today. First and third, two away. The pitch from Hawkins. Outside for ball one. And right now, Klein is attacking Hawkins pitching early in the count. Now hit the first pitch he saw, and Fisher the second. Pitch number 135 coming from Hawkins, and it's low for ball two to Rudder. Klein led 3-0 yesterday against Plano West, ended up tied in the bottom of the seventh, and then got a 4-3 victory. And that's a pitch down the middle for strike one. And Hawkins, as he did earlier in this inning against Van Marder, taking advantage of the fact that if it's 2-0 at this point in the ballgame, Klein will be taking all the way. They need base runners that badly. Here's the 2-1. That's a grounder to the third base side. Foul. So that's strike two, and now the Tigers beginning to sense that they're one pitch away from a state championship. Hawkins goes all the way to Dooms to have a quick word. Dooms has made some visits to the mound, but there Hawkins went to first base to have a talk with Dooms and perhaps take a chance to collect himself. That pitch count is way up now. Pitch number 138 coming for Hawkins. Works with the rosin bag. Two balls, two strikes, two out, two on. In the bottom of the seventh, the pitch. Just outside. The Carroll Tiger faithful begged to differ, but I don't think a lot of umpires are going to call that strike three for a state championship. The count is full. Two aboard. Evan Rudder at the plate against Courtney Hawkins. The pitch. Fouled the opposite way and will do it again. Rudder for the tournament is one for six. That hit came last inning. And he fouled off four two-strike pitches before he got it. Bluff to third, bluff to first. And now the Klein faithful become vocal and suggest that was a balk. 5-2 Carroll. Hawkins the pitch. Popped up. Right side. That'll go well out of play. And once again, Rudder is fighting off pitches to keep an at-bat going. Three balls, two strikes, two out. Fisher is running with the pitch from first. Aaron Smith at third has to be a little more careful. Another full count pitch coming from Courtney Hawkins. Here's the delivery. Fly ball to center field. Going back is Blackbar. And did he make the catch? Yes, he did! And the Carroll Tigers 
our 5A baseball champions of the state of Texas. And they mob Blackmar in center field. Hawkins will join later. He's just plain exhausted. Hawkins completely spent. He's getting hugs from coaches who don't want him to be left out. Not to worry. Hawkins will get his accolades from his teammates. They mob Blackmar. That is understandable what he has meant to this team for four seasons. And that terrific catch to end the ball game have earned him that. For the Carroll Tigers, five runs on ten hits, three errors, and nine left on base. For the Klein Bearcats, two runs on ten hits, two errors, and nine left on base. Stick around for the Ed Hicks Nissan postgame show after these messages. You're listening to Carroll Tiger Baseball on the Texas Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Dell Diamond. Mark Kusmerger thanking you for joining us, and we hope to have Ralph Judkins on to talk with some coaches and maybe an administrator or two. Five to two is your final score as the Carroll Tigers have won the state championship. A lot of great tradition in the Corpus Christi area for state champions. Moody, Cal Allen, Sinton. And that tradition has just been joined by the Carroll Tigers, one of two remaining 5A teams in the greater Corpus area. They've won it all at the highest level. The winning pitcher for the Carroll Tigers is Courtney Hawkins. Hawkins' record has improved to 10-1. He went all seven innings. He about 10 hits, but just two runs, both earned. He walked one, struck out six. Pardon me, only one of those runs was earned. 141 pitches for Courtney Hawkins as the Carroll Tigers are proudly wearing their gold medals for their state championship. The losing pitcher for Klein was Mike West who went the first five innings. He gave up nine hits and all five runs. Of those five runs, four were earned. He walked two, struck out seven, threw 99 pitches, closing it out on the hill was Eric Fisher. He went the final two innings, giving up one hit, no runs. He walked none, struck out one on 22 pitches. Trying to keep an eye on the field and make sure that we don't miss Ralph Judkins in case he can get an interview. They have the field set aside for players and coaches right now and some UIL administrators so I believe that Ralph Judkins is waiting to flag down a coach Jaeger or anyone he can it's a mob scene by the Carroll dugout as you would expect Courtney Hawkins 
goes to the stands and gives a very, very warm hug. And more hugs are going around as players go to the stands. Lots of proud relatives on hand for this one. Carroll drew well for this one. And the fans and players were rewarded for their support and their hard work with a state championship. Carroll finishes the season with a 37-7 record, just one loss in the playoffs. Klein goes to 33-8 as their season comes to a close. Certainly congratulations to the Bearcats. A very fine season just to get here. Barry Smith coached his team to a state championship in 98. Falls just short here as his players have to settle for silver medals. Aaron Smith, a senior. Go ahead and take another break. And we'll be right back in a minute. Your final score once again is Carroll 5 and Klein 2. The Carroll Tigers, 5A baseball champions of the state of Texas. And hold on, we may... We're going to have a word with Bobby Stotzenberger. Go ahead, on the field. Okay, on the field to Ralph Judkins. From the coaching staff here with Mr. Yeager, Mr. Vineyard. Coach Rainey, Mr. Leal, Mr. Maldonado, and to, through the senior leadership, it's just awesome. These guys are winners. They never give up, and they fight to the very end every time. And they've come back from behind twice. Uh, this game they didn't really have to. And uh, this is your first year as principal of Mary Carroll High School. Can't be any more blessed than this, right? Oh, this is fantastic. It couldn't happen to a better group of coaches, a staff. Community deserves this. It's awesome. Thank you very much. I've also got with me Dean of Instruction for Mary Carroll High School. This is Coach Swanson. Swanson, you've coached baseball for 22 years. You ever seen a day like this before? Well, never at the state championship, but I, I've seen a lot of things in baseball, and it, it ain't over until you play that last out. So I'm real proud of Coach Yeager and the boys and the community for supporting them, and it's a, it's a great honor for the Tigers. How'd you like that great catch to end the game by the senior Mark Blackmar stretching out all the way? An incredible catch. What were your thoughts as you saw that one go in the glove and him come up with it? Well, Blackmar, anything Blackmar does doesn't surprise me. Been a player for four years. He was the last freshman class I got to coach. If there could have been a better young man to make the play, it was Blackmar. Fantastic. I'm going to go see if I can get another interview with the head coach, and I'll turn it back over to Mark back up in the booth. Thanks a lot, Ralph. We appreciate your words there, and I know you're looking for more people to talk with, certainly Coach Yeager, Mark Blackmar, Courtney Hawkins, Brenda Marshall, anyone else you could flag down. We'll keep an ear out for you as the Carroll Tigers have won the state championship 5-2. They are posing with the trophy and the medals. Lots of happy players out there, and one of the amazing visuals at the end of this game was not simply the terrific catch by Mark Blackmar to clinch the ball game, but Courtney Hawkins unable to join his teammates right away because he was so exhausted from throwing 141 pitches. And we'll have Ralph back with someone else. Well, I'm down here on the field with head coach of the Tigers, Lee Yeager. Coach Yeager, what do you think about the Tigers' offense today? 
Thought we did a good job. I guess it was the fourth or fifth inning. We put up that three spot, gave ourselves a chance to relax a little bit. And, uh, you know, we knew they were good hitters, so we were just fortunate enough to hold them three. But thought we did a good job competing at the plate, got some good pitches to hit, and we put some runs on the board today. So, so how about that performance by Courtney Hawkins coming through here today? People have knocked Hawkins for a whole bunch of things, but not much to complain about today, right? No, he gutted it out, man. He had good stuff today. He threw well. He worked in and out, threw his, threw his off-speed well. He just commanded the game all day long. I can't be more proud of Courtney right now. He really did a good job of taking care of business for us today. Now, the Bearcats put it in play quite a bit. Two double plays in one game. How about that? Well, that's been the staple of our team all year is defense. We play good defense all year long. And, you know, we knew if we could get them put, put, put it in play on the ground, we'd have a chance. Well, thanks very much, Coach Yeager. This is uh, the first championship for Mary Carroll High School in any sport in its over 50-year history. You have skippered the team to that first championship over a guy who's been a coach for 23 years, 13 years a head coach, an institution, and Coach Smith over there with the Bearcats. They came into the game ranked by Baseball America as the number one team in the country. Don't know what that's going to mean for Carroll Tigers going forward, but you beat the number one team according to Baseball America. Well, rankings are only good at the very end of the season. And that's, we've been ranked all year, and we got out of the ranking, got back in. And to be honest, we didn't even pay attention to what the rankings were. So, we're, like I said, we're excited. Well, thank you very much, Coach Yeager. That's going to do it for me down on the field. Back to Mark Sossenberg up in the booth. Yeah, we're going to uh, see if you can get a hold of Mark Blackmar and Courtney Hawkins. Um, and I guess we'll go ahead and keep it here for a moment. Five to two is the final score as the Carroll Tigers get the victory. Klein actually took the lead way back in the first inning as Rob Taysen had hit a one-out double and eventually scored on a fielding error that allowed the run to go across. Carroll got the run back in the second as Josh Cruz led off with a base hit. O'Shea Dooms reached on an error. One out later, Jason Franco walked to load the bases, and Chris Cano beat out a grounder to score the tying run, and I believe Ralph Judkins has found someone else to talk to. <laughs> Yeah, I'm standing here with uh, center fielder and pitcher Mark Blackmar. Mark, actually, it's a, kind of a neat relationship we have. There's actually a teacher with him this year at Mary Carroll. Now he's graduated, and I can't say a better graduation ceremony than a diving catch to end the ball game. Uh, great game for you all the way around. If you can express them, your feelings at this moment. Uh, just absolutely perfect. You know, I couldn't ask for anything better. Great way to end a career and go on to the next thing. So yourself and Adam Hinojosa as the senior leaders, uh, you definitely demonstrated leadership. What do you, how do you think the Tigers are going to do next year with all those young young players coming back and new leadership having to take over? You know, um, every year there's a new set of leaders, and uh, there's a bunch of great young players in that team, and uh, they got a lot of experience now, and hopefully they can keep the tradition going. And in case you didn't know, this is the very first team – that has ever won a district championship or state championship in the history of Mary Carroll High School. You are part of a piece of history, sir, and it has been a pleasure knowing you. I'm going to go see if I can't track down the hawk. He's still uh, in a bunch of interviews. I'll flip it back up to the booth. <laughs> Ralph Judkins, thanks for bringing us Mark Blackmar and hardly a more appropriate hero available to the Carroll Tigers being a fourth-year starter, all-district or second-team all-district the entire way. Ralph Jenkins trying to break through the crowd around Hawkins as he's getting a lot of interviews as we speak. Carroll took the lead in the fourth inning with a two-out rally. Kiss
Chris Cano, a two-out bunt single. He went to third on a base hit by Malcolm Cepeda and scored on an infield single by Adam Hinojosa to make it 2-1. to one. Cepeda also tried to score on the play, but was thrown out at the plate, but Carroll still had taken the lead, and they rallied another two-out rally in the fifth. Trey Rodriguez did lead off with a base hit two outs later, he went to second on a single by O'Shea Dooms. Courtney Hawkins walked to load the bases, made way for courtesy runner Cameron Hargis. And then Jason Franco had a single to center field to score Rodriguez and Dooms to make it 4-1 to Carroll. And then Chris Cano followed with a base hit to left to score Hargis and make it 5-1 to Carroll. In that seventh inning, as Judkins is working his way through the line, looks like we're going to go ahead and let him talk to Hawkins. Most valuable player, valuable player here in the state championship. Hey, Courtney, uh, for the home team, you have just helped the Tigers win the first state championship in the entire history. How you feeling? Great, phenomenal. A man of few words out here. How were you feeling the uh, last few innings? Uh, I was a little tired, and I saw my pitches starting to, start, start to get a little wild, but I had to bear down and focus hard and throw it back. That's right, that's right. Well, thank you very much, uh, to see a lot more of this young man as he is just a sophomore with the two senior starters leading he will figure very large in the tigers plans for the future back up to you huh? thanks ralph and we'll go ahead and take a commercial break and be back in 60 seconds you're listening to carol tiger baseball on the texas sports radio network the caller times is a proud supporter of south texas high school athletics they have three reporters and two photographers here to cover all the state tournament action this week. Caller Times is keeping you covered 24-7 in print and online. On the go, get play-by-play from the state baseball tournament and all your local sports on Twitter at Caller Live and at Caller Sports. Just another way of keeping you in touch with the Caller Times network. The Alamo Baseball and Softball Academy, Corpus Christi's number one instruction center, is proud to congratulate our Carroll High School Alamo Academy lesson members for their success and achievements this year, including, by the way, the 5A state championship. The Alamo Baseball and Softball Academy's new indoor facility features private one-on-one instruction with the highest caliber instructors. Visit thealamoacademy.com to sign up for your youth or high school players' free lesson trial and our summer youth camps and high school boot camps. Register today at thealamoacademy.com. Ralph Judkins will be joining us momentarily. It was interesting in that seventh inning as Klein rallied and showed the character you'd expect from a state finalist and proved the axiom true from Lee Yeager that it can be very hard to protect a lead in the bottom of an inning. Ryan Van Marder singled and went to second on a base hit by Aaron Smith. The ball was bobbled in right field, allowing Van Marder to go to third on an error. So first and third, nobody out. Rob Tayson hit a sacrifice fly to the center fielder, Blackmar. It scored Van Marder. And that, that's, that is an earned run regardless. And that made it 5-2. to two. Carroll with the lead. Smith went to second on fielder's indifference. Um... Now flied out to right field for the second out. Eric Fisher single to move Smith to third. First and third, two out. And after Evan Rudder fouled off a pair of full count pitches, he had a fly ball deep to left center field. Mark Blackmar made a fantastic diving catch. And in fact, it almost recalls Clayton Mott's 
spectacular catch for the New Braunfels Unicorns for the in the 4A state tournament in 07, I believe it was, and that was um, at Dishfalk Field, not here at the Dell Diamond. But Mac, Mark Blackmore finishes it off in spectacular fashion. And, Ralph, let me get your thoughts on a couple of things. The visual at the end, two very strong things stand out. And, you know, if you need a moment to catch your breath, I can certainly um, keep it going for a little bit. Um, the um, one was Blackmar being mobbed in center field after the spectacular catch. And two, looking at Courtney Hawkins on the mound, his body language told you that his mind was saying, go join the celebration. And his body was saying, you just threw 141 pitches. You're not going anywhere just yet. But the coaches came out to congratulate Hawkins, and certainly he is in the middle of the celebration with his teammates after a terrific victory. Absolutely. The the visual I, I, that captures me the most is Blackmar's stretching dive. Uh, he's made similar plays like that before in other ball games. When I asked the coaches about it, he says that's something. Uh, Coach Leal in particular, that's just something that they have a. It's it's almost impossible to coach the instinct when to go to the ground, how to make the catch. He's been doing that all year for the senior. A great way to end his season. He's already graduated from Carroll High School. A great graduation gift, giving the Tigers their first state championship in the history of the school. And as for Hawkins out on the mound, you're right. He he was spent. He truly left it all out on the field, as the sports cliche goes. He also knows that when it comes to the defense, the ball being in play to a very stingy Carroll defense could very well be the out. That ball was so well hit that I, I don't know who else other than Blackmar could have grabbed it. And Hawkins was hoping against hope that it would. It ended up in the glove, and it ended a run by an incredibly talented Klein Bearcats baseball team. Uh, shame for them is, is good luck for us. There's going to be some fresh paint and new markings put up at the Carroll Baseball Field for the first state championship. Previous to this, it only said state finalists. Now we have a state champions line to go up there. I suspect that will be up uh, post-haste as uh, the work order is probably already on the way in. And you will see a new sign at Cabinus Field as well where we have a couple of Moody state championships represented. I believe Coles has a state championship represented as well. If there are any I'm missing, then please forgive me. But the Carroll Tigers will join that with a state championship banner as they have defeated the Klein Bearcats by a score of 5-2. to two, And the Merrill Carey High School Tigers are champions of the state of Texas in Class 5A baseball. Stick around for more of the Ed Hicks Nissan postgame show after these messages, and we'll announce our Ed Hicks Nissan player of the game. You're listening to Ed Hicks Nissan Baseball on the Texas Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the Ed Hicks Nissan postgame show. Mark Kusenberger, Ralph Judkins, thanking you very much for joining us as the Carroll Tigers have won the state championship 5-2 to over the Klein Bearcats, Carroll finishes their season with a 37-7 and record and a big honking trophy as they are state champions. And, Ralph, we have another one to give out because we need to select an Ed Hicks Nissan player of the game. And, boy, what a challenge that is. You have Chris Cano, who drove in the tying run, and another run later in the ball game. You have... Um, Jason Franco, who had a big two-run single in the fifth inning, and you have Courtney Hawkins, who had a fantastic game on the hill, giving up just two runs against a Klein Bearcat team that's used to scoring a lot more than that. If you look over their um, their season, I believe... 
Well, the playoffs I think long. two runs is as few as Klein has scored in a game all season long. So Hawkins, since it was a close ball game and runners did get on, maybe he did so quietly, but he was as good as any pitcher Klein has seen this season, given the number of runs he allowed. But um, I think we're going to go Lifetime Achievement Award on this one. In the end of the day, you've got to go with one of the guys that got you there. Uh, Mark Blackmar has been with this team since a freshman. While his numbers offensively weren't necessarily great, uh, a standout on defense when he's on the mound, when he's out in the outfield, when the game was on the line or at least uh, ending a potential rally here with a tying run at the plate, hitting a ball very deep, Blackmar comes with, with up with a spectacular grab to end the rally, end the ball game, and end his season as a high school ball player. And I have to agree, lifetime achievement. You can look at his his, his pitching numbers. You can look at uh, his fielding percentages. You can look at whatever you want to. Mark Blackmar is a leader on this team. And, yeah, definitely Ed Hicks' Nissan player of the game for that catch at the end. Absolutely. A fantastic catch. And that uh, catch of the fly ball by Taysen matters, too, because that was the first out of the inning. Blackmar, a spectacular career, and we certainly wish him the best from here forward. Um, looks like the Carroll Tigers are trying on some uh, of those state championship T-shirts that were at the ready. They have state champion T-shirts and a special from the Caller Times uh, with a photo from the semifinals game as the winner because uh, obviously they can't print them that fast, but there is a special sheet that they're carrying around down there. Hope to get a copy later. Uh, showing the Carroll Tigers winning the state championship. So I love this pre-printed stuff. I'll bet there's a pretty big font on um, callertimes.com saying state champs. And and they're used to this in the Corpus area. Moody's done it a lot recently. Carroll's done it a lot recently. I'm reporting in Cal Allen has done it a lot recently. Carroll has done it for the first time in any sport. A fantastic season. And, um, Ralph, let's go over some of the um, background for this season. Lee Yeager has been one of the fine coaches in the region for a long time. Very dedicated. He coaches in San Antonio during the summer and gets to know a lot of the players in that area through the course of that job. Um, you know, very inventive coach, very creative, and works with some great players. And he, um, a lot of people in the region think very highly of Lee Yeager, and even some of the coaches he defeated along the way are very happy for him. Oh, especially so. Uh, Coach Yeager is, a, first of all, a mentor. As a baseball player, he's always very serious about what he does. What he instills in his team is a constant work ethic. They all hustle hard. Even players that aren't going to be starters, when he asks for something, even if it's just shagging a ball or going and picking up uh, balls that are laying around at the backstop during batting practice, the kids will pop up and hustle, and that starts at the top. It starts with a work culture and a work ethic. And I know that he's going to look forward to a few days here of, of, of well, well-earned and, and well-satisfied rest and relaxation with his family before he starts up again next year. But it, it does start at the top, and it does start with Coach Yeager. And a lot of these players have contributed mightily. And we talked about Blackmar, Courtney Hawkins. I know that um, Bobby Stotzenberger is very high on that young man's talent, and he pitched a terrific ball game. Six great innings, and the seventh, he, he just gutted it out. He had to throw 31 pitches. He finished with 141, but clearly it was his ball game, and he had earned it at that point. No one has pitched better. A few may have pitched as well, but nobody's pitched better against the Klein Bearcats than Courtney Hawkins did today. And ten runs, uh, or actually five hits, uh, five runs, ten hits for the Tigers. Klein has ten hits in this, or had ten hits in this ball game. 
spread out and, and damage minimized, and that, that goes to not only the Hawkins pitching but to the Tigers' defense. Another guy I'd like to highlight, or two guys I'd like to uh, highlight, are the assistant coaches I mentioned at the beginning of the game. Uh, bittersweet there for them. Uh, Coach Maldonado and Coach Leal were on a team that went to the finals. Now they have actually coached on a team that won the whole darn thing for the state of Texas. So a wonderful feeling for them to have such great winners backing Coach Yeager uh, on the staff. Coach Maldonado is actually a volunteer coach, does this unpaid, uh, whereas Coach, uh, Coach Leal is a teacher like myself. Well, congratulations to everyone involved in Carroll High School. And, um, Ralvin, any last thoughts of your own before we sign off here? My goodness, I'd like to thank everyone who's made this season possible for the Tigers. First of all, to uh, Charles Satchery, the principal at Carroll High School, Dean of Instruction, uh, Dave Swanson, who believed in the idea of the Tiger cast when it came on board, uh, uh, president of the Boosters Club, Jim Upton, doing a great job all year supporting everyone involved. Of course, Coach Yeager providing me with stats. I would be completely remiss if I did not mention the assistant athletic director, Mike Berg, and the athletic director, Brenda Marshall, for Corpus Christi Independent School District. They have been stalwart supporters of the Tigers in this playoff run and actually made uh, my appearance here today, along with Texas Sports Radio Network, possible. And I'd like to thank Texas Sports Radio Network uh, and yourself for coming up as a, a pinch hitter of a sorts to come in and call this game. And, uh, yeah, that's a lot of thanks go around. A lot of things go into a championship season. And for me uh, and TigerCast, I've uh, got a lot of people to thank, yourself included. Well, I appreciate that, Ralph, and we thank you for letting us sign on. You you had dibs. You, you got here first, and we appreciate you allowing us to be a part of this, and you certainly earned that right, but with your support of the team and you've come along in terms of a broadcast, you provided a valuable souvenir um, for the players. And, of course, we have the folks over at KCCT, 1150 a.m., and a terrific work by Mark Earl on the boards. Uh, I've been at this business long enough that you don't take for granted that guy at the studio, and Earl did a fantastic job for us. Mark, thank you very much. I certainly appreciate it, making things a lot easier. Manuel Davila, also a big part of this. Uh, Davila, a very good friend of the program, not just in the Corpus Christi area, but in San Antonio as well. We'd like to thank him for helping make this possible. Congratulations to Lee Yeager. Congratulations to the Mary Carroll Tigers of Corpus Christi, Texas. They are 5A baseball champions of the state of Texas, and the season is capped off with a 5-2 victory over the Klein Bearcats for the Carroll Tigers. Five runs on 10 hits, three errors, and nine left on base for the Klein Bearcats. Two runs on 10 hits, two errors, and nine left on base. I'd like to thank Ralph Judkins, my broadcast partner, Bobby Stotzenberger. None of this is possible without him. Um, you know, it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to be involved in this broadcast, but I am happy to, and proud to have stepped in and had the opportunity to be a witness as the Carroll Tigers win the Class 5A state championship. On behalf of Mark Earl in the studio and Ralph Junkins here in the booth, this is Mark Kusenberger saying good afternoon, everyone.